morning and welcome to El Oso Fumar Takes. This is our 272nd take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplessis, as always, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is going to be a fantastic show, a king-sized show, worthy of only the finest of gentlemen, but I had to end up with this guy. No, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> Jokes all around, just kidding. We're going to get to formal introductions of our guests of honor tonight, and he is a guest of honor because he's one of my nearest and dearest and closest friends and trusted partners and we'll, uh, everybody knows who that is and won't bury the lead. But guess what? We have to thank the show that make, thank, pay, thank the people that make the show possible anyway. And that, of course, is our sponsors. And tonight's show is, yes, Count It Up, is sponsored by Drew Estate. Thanks again, Drew Estate. Drew Estate is welcoming back, debuting the Liga Pravada Unico Porchetta, a culinary inspired cigar exclusively for. Casa de Monte Cristo. In an unparalleled mashup of culinary artistry and cigar craftsmanship, Drew Estate proudly introduces the Liga Pravada Unico Porchetta. Yes! Drawing inspiration from the traditional Italian roasted pork dish known for its rich layers and savory seasonings, this cigar is meticulously crafted to evoke a similar complexity in its flavor profile. Liga Pravada Porchetta is exclusively available at the distinguished Casa de Monte Cristo brick and mortar locations. Jonathan Drew, founder and president of Drew Estate, expressing his excitement about the new global offices of Drew Estate, proclaims porchetta is a meaty, in-your-face, turbulent journey of flavor and aroma. It's hard-hitting, yet smooth, and meat-loving, calculated at the all-time same time. Good, kind of like a Larry Holmes jab to the dome. It's not meant to knock you out, but damn, that was the thing about Holmes in his heyday. He could literally knock you out with just a couple of jabs. Nobody should get knocked out with a jab. Really, this porchetta is like a miniature Larry Holmes. My dad was a Larry Holmes fan, for the record, says Jonathan Drew. That's quite the description from Jonathan Drew, founder and president of Drew Estate. So check out Casa de Monte Cristo locations, and you can own and smoke your very own Ligabrado Unico porchetta yourself and thanks to estate for an amazing new release to the market and welcome everyone without further ado let's get to introductions of the guests of honor tonight tonight's guest is sponsored by united cigars smoke one today and start living united mr william cooper of cigar coop coop how you doing tonight what's up there i'm uh, excited to be here uh thanks for the invitation and always great uh being on LL sufumar takes uh, glad to have you, man. I'm so excited for you to agree to do the show, man. That's quite that's quite the quote from our good friend Jonathan Drew Drew State. You know, I mean, oh. the the Larry Holmes connection to the porchette. I mean, he's drawing on all sorts of metaphors here, man. This is fucking crazy. Listen, I actually read that quote on KMA Talk Radio yesterday with Alex Tavella, who's a boxing guy like me. We had a lot of fun with that. On that has to rank as one of the all time Jonathan Drew quotes in a press. I really, <laughs> yeah, it's got to, it's up there, man. Like you almost like man, if he had thrown in a chess metaphor too, then Alex Alex wouldn't have been able to get through the read like the read without salivating. Right, like, right. Happened. But I am a big Larry Holmes fan. He probably is one of my all-time favorite boxers. So, yeah, uh, sure. yeah, really, I mean, he was the heavyweight champion, really. I, I, I saw some of Ali, um, but Holmes was the champion, you know, in my teen years. So, uh, I was always a big fan of his. Man, dude, you really, I mean, I mean, with the exception of maybe, like, the, I guess, the 30s and 40s, you know, when you got, like, you know, you know, gosh, man, something just something like Cinderella Man and, of course, like Max Bear and like all those guys, like, like, oh, gosh. Maybe I guess I guess you could throw in like Jake LaMotta, too. Like, I don't know. Like you, you, you got to see some of the best boxing, I think, in history. I mean, you caught some of Ali, 
Holmes. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, you missed out on Sonny Liston, um, who was just. I mean, he, yeah, I, 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 he was. Be- yeah, he was before me. Obviously, before I was born. Did you ever see Hurricane Carter? The box? No, no, you didn't. There's no way. No, you I did not see Hurricane Carter box. Oh man, I would have loved to. I mean, the, the two, the, the the two guys, I really three 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 boxers. Um, it was Holmes, Roberto Duran, and Thomas Hearns. Damn. So those those were those were my three that I I, I grew those up with guys. in the eighties and I rooted for them. Yeah, I mean, and uh, Hearns broke my heart so many times. Um, Duran, uh, it was interesting. I rooted for Leonard in the first Duran fight, but I didn't like the way Leonard behaved in that second fight. I thought he was taunting Duran a lot, and and, and I just became a Duran fan after that. Mm. I did get to see Duran in Madison Square Garden win win the junior middleweight title in a few years later, which was a big throw. Oh shit! Yeah, in MSG. Yeah, I was way up in the blue seats, but um, it was a great to see him. I mean, that was a if you watch the the movie, uh, uh, Hands of Stone movie. Yeah. that's the end of the movie when he wins the title. That's yeah. the fight I was at. Um, it was a big comeback oh, fight for him. Yeah. Shit! No kidding, yeah. man. That was the Davy Moore fight. Yeah. 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 So uh, those those so I got so I really got to see a lot of great boxers then and. Uh, the sport unfortunately is fragmented and broken, but. Um, it's not what it was. Yeah. Do you, do you think like most people do that, that the reason that boxing is broken is just that you, because UFC is just so prominent and popular. I think doctoring fragmented itself too much. I don't think it has anything to do with UFC. So I think it was when I was growing up, there were two champions, the WBC and the WBA, mm-hmm. and it meant something to go for those championships. Then it really started fragmenting the four, five, six, and then it got to a point where really getting a title shot doesn't mean much anymore. And I think that that affected a lot of people, and that's why they I think they went to UFC because they have much more of a uh, notion of a championship. I think that really is a big big issue. What happened? Boxing killed itself with all with with the fragmentation. Yeah. Well, it's just like I remember, and I, I, I think you hate this movie, but like I just remember um, in Million Dollar Baby, Clint Eastwood. I love that movie. I, that's great. I, I do. Oh, like okay. Movie. I thought no. God, I'm thinking of someone else that they hated it. Um, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, I just remember when he was like, she was like, "Oh, it's a championship." He's like, "He's a European champion. Why would you fight him? Like, there's nothing to win. Yeah. He has everything. Yeah. Like, he has everything to win and nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose." Right. So. Hmm. So. Yep. Yep. Uh, but, you know, if you watch a WWE, right, they broke up into Raw and SmackDown. Two are good. Two is very good. It works. Three, four, five doesn't work. It's it's just, uh, you know, it's just it's just a complete cluster now. Um, So it's kind of and I think that really hurt the sport. And I think the other thing is uh, the pay-per-view priced it out for a lot of people. I think it's got ridiculous. It's got ridiculous. Yeah. 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 I think it, it, it priced it out. So I, the guy I loved, the guy I loved watching fight, you know, I mean he pales in compare. I mean he's he's an he's a he's an all time. I would I don't know if I'll let you be the, the deciding factor. On it. I don't know if he's an all time great, but he was a hell of a fighter. And man, when he was in his like youth, man, he had some lightning quick hands. Bernard Hopkins, dude, that guy could. Oh man, Bernard Hopkins, yeah, he really, um, uh, yeah, he. I remember when they unified the middleweight title, he was the older guy and he kind of came out. Um, he kind of came and surprised everyone when he unified the title. Uh, you know, he's, Bernard Hopkins is a Philly guy. So, yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. 
man. Um, don't even know how we got on this box. Oh yeah, Jonathan Drew got us. Oh, Jonathan Drew and a Larry Holmes thing. The Larry Larry Holmes metaphor. Uh, smoke, smoke some porchetta, guys. It would have to put out porchetta, yeah. Yeah, Liga Provada, Unico porchetta available at Costa de Monte Cristo, everybody. So, um, it's like uh, Joe Joe Grow is partnering up with some of his old partners at uh, Drew Estate to make some magic happen, including some Larry Holmes metaphors. All right, man. So, uh, well, on to official business coop. Uh, we got to smoke something tonight, right? We got to smoke something. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, um, in honor of in honor of your return to Ellos Fumar takes, we got to do. Um, you know, I figured, what the hell, man? You only live once, so might as well just go ahead and do it. Uh, so I've got some Gordos for you to pick from, man. Here we go. There we go. Mm-hmm. So I've got the uh, gr- the Crux Bull and Bear Marblehead Gordo. Uh huh. I've got the Diesel Esteli Puro Gordo. You know how much I feel about the Toro. This is the Gordo. And then, right. of course, I've got uh, the – here's one for you. Got the Room 101, the Big Payback Garagwan. That is okay. the 70, by the way. Just FYI. Just for you, sir. Uh, now, here's a little yeah, gem. Here's mm-hmm. a little gem for you. Uh, the... Now it's got the Agonors label, so it's got some age to it. But this is right when they changed the labeling to Agonors. So this is the uh, Selection Reserve uh, Casa Fernandez Miami Reserve, the Titan from Agonors Leaf. You can almost see the yellow. Oh wow, yellow, man! Yeah, yeah. Got a little bit of age to it. So, all right. Um, you know, I was almost gonna go lean in and do the the seventy with you, but I think you should do that Agonors Leaf Titan. Okay. All right, cool. Let's I think you should it. definitely, yeah, you should definitely do that one. Um, little, little, little uh, preview. Uh, like today, you might have saw I reviewed the Asylum Nine by Ninety. Holy shit! And man. How many hours? How many like to? You were into hour four, right? Four, four hours and twenty-two minutes. Four hours and twenty-two minutes. Four hours and twenty-two minutes. The the Agonorso ten by hundred probably will be up next weekend. I'm going to be smoking it. I can't. The problem is I have to get those out of my humidor. They're, they're too big to keep in there, right? So um, I the, normally I, I try – these went to a bare minimum. I, I kind of bumped these up for a reason just because I, I, when I got them, I didn't want to – they're just too big to keep in the humidor. So – and there's too much risk of damage and in the coffins and stuff. So the Agonors is going to be reviewed. I'm probably going to smoke it Friday. And it'll, it'll probably be up by Sunday. I so. can't. I can't wait to yeah, yeah. hear that one. Yeah, I said sarcastically. No, <laughs> I just. I, going... I, I can't yeah. do it, man. I, I just can't. Yeah. I. That's that's too big. That's just too. Nice. <laughs> that's crazy. I'm not going Gordo tonight. Um, I think you know I had a bad experience with a cigar today. I'm not gonna go any further with that, but uh, I am gonna smoke uh the Perdomo 30th Maduro. Oh, nice. So I, I did smoke the Sun Grown on Thursday night. I smoked the Sun Grown. Okay. Uh, very good. Uh, I haven't smoked Connecticut yet. I have smoked the Maduro, and I've already bought a box. Shit. Okay. I've already bought a box of these. They're that pull, pull, yeah. pull the Aaron Nielsen. I got you, bro. Uh, it, well, I, 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 I smoked it before I bought the box. So. Uh, yeah. Fair. So, That's uh, fair. That's the Ben Lee. So this is, is – yeah. I got some. I, I managed because I hadn't smoked this cigar. Um, I know you got a chance to smoke it when you had Nicholas on, but I did see Nicholas yeah. in Miami, and he gave me he gave me something to smoke. So, um, I'm kind of going. You know, I wanted I wanted to kind of 
smoke one of each on different shows. So I'm, the Connecticut out will be the third one I smoke. So, uh, but the Maduro is really good. Um, nice. So, yeah, well, I know so you like I know that. I know you like Perdomo Perdomo Maduros, so I know that that they, you gravitate toward them. So, yeah, but I'll tell you that Sungroom was really good. It, it had it had um it was a little spicier than I thought it was going to be, right? But that's not a knock. I mean, I the, the spices and the flavors of that thing. It's a pretty complex smoke. Yeah, is what I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, that's what um, I smoke too. Yeah, it's, so, it's, yeah, this it's got, yeah yeah. It's got some pot, Ben. It's interesting. It's got some pop, you know, it's, and it looks, I like Perdomo Maduro. The Sun Grown is kind of their bread and butter. So yeah. uh, that's why I went with that one was the first one I smoked. Uh, the Connecticut, I just want to do on a clean palate uh, when I smoked that one. So that's why I've been holding off on the Connecticut. But uh, what happened is I got some from Nicholas and I bought a small amount and then I bought a box uh, yesterday. So I ordered nice. a box yesterday. Nice. Yeah. Nice, man. Good. Good for yeah, you. So, yep. Good stuff. Yeah, no, I'm I I I dig the 30th anniversary, man. It's a stellar, it's a stellar cigar. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah. They, they really, they did everything, they did everything the right way with this cigar. Um, you know, so I'm hearing the retailers are doing very well with this cigar too, the ones who have it. So yeah, good stuff, man. Yeah, but this, well, this is just beautiful cigar. Yeah, cool. So, um, it will, so yeah, yep. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? No, yeah, I'll, yeah. I was just gonna say this won't be on the coupe list because it did come out past the deadline. Yes. So it, it, it but so it's you won't see it on the coupe list. Yeah, you won't see it on the coupe list. You probably won't see it reviewed till early next year, just because we're gonna start uh, the countdown pretty soon. So. And it's eligible for twenty four though. Just absolutely, absolutely, and twenty five it will be eligible for too. Early so, yeah. eligibility. Yeah. All right. Yep. Well, well, let's jump into tonight's major point, Coop. Tonight's major point is always brought to you by the people. Yes, cigar people, the people who know everything about a lifetime of service. Protocol Cigars is more than just pool parties and good times. Well, maybe it is. <laughs> but behind the fun is a motivation for service, a motivation for giving back. From the original Protocol Blue to the latest release in the Lawman series, Phoebe Cousins, Protocol has always been about honor, passion, and yes, the people. It's what their life's work has been and always will be about. Power of the P, Protocol Cigars. Uh, so tonight's major point. So everyone's wondering, like, why are you here? Why did I bring you back for the umpteenth time? And it's not umpteenth, by the way. You're still under ten appearances, right? In six years, that's not bad. It's not bad. No, I mean it's good. It's good. I appreciate it. So, um, but I'm bringing you back to talk about a little bit, a little bit of, um, you know, I just had, you know, we just had celebrated six years of Ellis Fumar takes mm-hmm. last week. Yep. So we're on 272 takes. How many? How many? Uh, how many episodes of primetime are you up to? Oh, uh, we just did two eighty-eight on Thursday. Two hundred and eighty-eight. Yeah, which is about makes sense. I think we started primetime about four or five months before you did. Mm-hmm. So it's about yeah, it's about the same pace we've been at. So two hundred eighty-eight plus two hundred seventy-two. How many special editions? Uh, we have the one fifty show coming up, so we did one forty-nine. That's right. How many jukebox? Uh, tomorrow will be we air episode one fourteen. And how many roundtables? Uh, the thirteenth also airs tomorrow after jukebox. So roundtable has been a little bit of a schedule is is a tougher scheduling thing because we have a lot of schedules we have to juggle. So uh, yeah, so we're doing that thirteenth one tomorrow. Well, certainly not like a milestone of late, but I mean, it's still a pretty good one, dude. 835 total episodes. Including El Oso. Including El Oso. Yeah, that's a pretty, 
like I said, this coalition we have, and Ben's done, you know, many video reviews. I want to say he's done about 40 or 50. So this coalition has, you know, we are at no shortage of producing content. Um, and we have some other projects as you know, you and I have been talking about probably for next year. So yeah, we are at no shortage of producing content. Uh, there's content every week on one of the coalition networks. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. Like 835 times we've sat around, talked about cigars, talked to people, had great, some great conversations. And that yeah. was kind of the point that I want to, I know it was kind of impromptu. And, it, and again, it's really not like this, like, like, yeah incredible milestones yeah. like not a thousand i probably should have saved it for a thousand but i thought it was a good time just in general after the sixth anniversary we should do something at a thousand no i think we should it's a big thing when that happens oh yeah the coalition sure. 1000 yeah. yeah yeah so i we'll think to track that i think the point i'm trying to make here is like i wanted to look back at some of the special moments and just our personal memories like i'm not gonna we're not gonna roll any feedback like we're not gonna roll any like uh, old footage or anything like that no one wants to see uh no one wants me to see me uh, us fumbling around the pool to do my 16th take with Erica Tormson at the pool at uh, the Casa de Campo and right on the Davidoff trip. So that was right, fun. right. That was fun. Good audio though, thanks to you. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So wanted to kind of go back and look at our personal recollections of some of our most favorite episodes takes uh, for some of our shows. So um, so I mean I want to talk it about I wanted to take it back to. Um, to uh cigar coop primetime which is obviously the show that you started prior to my yep. even my joining the team this is you and Aaron right. Limus. so just give us a little brief a brief history of when it started why and how aaron and you came to be as a as a as a team for primetime yeah so um i think a lot of folks know i was with another podcast uh we were partnered they were part of uh cigar coop uh, stogie geeks uh at the end of 2016 beginning of 2017 uh, a decision was made to split that, that, that was done for both uh, business reasons and creative reasons. There were different directions we wanted to take. I wanted to take the show and the, the website. Uh, so um, it then there was about a four month hiatus where I didn't have a podcast. And the, the first thing I had to do was find a host. And uh, I had I had been I had actually done some. Aaron had been on Stogie Geeks a few times. We had done, uh, do you remember like Brandon Luna's Calypso? Yeah. Uh, what, what was it? The Calypso? Yeah. That, that's where we first met, actually, with Brandon Luna. Yeah. And I always, I always liked, I always thought Aaron really had a, a good approach to, um, to, you know, I, I think me and him think a lot alike, even though we may think differently in terms of cigars. Uh, I think we have a, a, a lot in common. So I asked Aaron to come on board. And he originally was going to be on two weeks on, one week off. And after about six or seven weeks, he's like, I want to be on every week. I had a very different vision for, and I think I've talked about this, for the primetime show. Uh, I wanted to do two things. I wanted to model it after like sports radio, like the Mike and Mike, Mike and the Mad Dog, kind of have that where people would tune in on Thursday night. Um and they 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 know that they can hear they'll hear a great guest, and they'll hear a you know if there's a big topic in the news they'll hear about it as well, which is the deliberation segment. So that was my vision. The other thing is I deliberately, and this may not make a lot of people happy, I deliberately did not want to recreate 
a cigar lounge on my show. So you know how you hear people, hey, we want to recreate the cigar lounge experience. That's great. I don't have a problem with it. But yeah. a lot of shows were doing that. Well, even the so show, like the show, the lounge experience, you know, did that for a bit. I don't know if they're still doing it, but they, they I really like I mean, that style. Yeah, they do. But even like KMA does it. There were a lot of these. It, 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 no, there's nothing. It's a great style. I just, again, I was kind of going through at the time Fred Ruiz's book, Be the Lime. How can I be the lime? And I'm like, well, everyone's like wanting to create a lounge experience. What if I don't recreate the lounge experience? And what if I create this kind of like sports radio model um, where, like, like I said, we're harder hitting. We 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 ask the tough questions. We bring the best guests on. And that that's how this was born. That was how this vision w- was born. Uh, we did not want to recreate Stogie Geeks by any means. And uh, debuted on April 13th, 2017. Casey Hogan was the first guest because Aaron and I had given Crux Cigars number one cigar to Yeti before. Nice, nice. That's why I had Crux Cigar picked, by the way, because it was the first take. Yeah, yeah, no, I I did. I, you know, when you, when you, I was, I was, the the 70 made it tough. And then when you went to, when you brought that Aganorso, I'm like, you got to smoke that one. Because yeah, th- that was the heyday of Aganorsa. Those that was the heyday of Aganorsa. That's this is, sm- this is got, smoking good, man. This is smoking yeah, real well, good. This is, I mean, this Perdomo, the sweetness off this is is unbelievable. Nice. Not overly sweet, but really good. The sweetness that comes out really good. Yeah, they have this. They're the Maduro. Well, I always say this: the Maduro is probably my least favorite Perdomos. Typically, in most lines. There is this, there is this kind of nice decadence that kind of brings through with it, and that's probably, honestly, for my personal palate, that's probably why it's my least favorite of the three. Like, I love the sweetness that I get out of most Connecticut's, particularly that double age, that twelve year double age. Mm-hmm. The sun grown has a, the perfect amount of bite, like the way that it mes- meshes with the bourbon barrel aging, like in all their blends. Like the sun grown uh-huh. wrapper really just kind of hits my palate right for the most part, and then. Uh, but yeah, and then the Maduro has this almost this deep decadence, like especially like when you like so like I compare I, I go back to the double age line all the time when I'm talking about like Perdomo, even though that's not like their flagship. But that's like how I describe how Perdomo's uh, tobaccos work. So like on the retro of the Connecticut, which I absolutely love, you get all those bourbon notes, you get that vanilla, you get that maple, that wood, that dark oak. It's just like singes the nostrils a little bit. Um, the Maduro on this, by contrast gives that delivers that experience on the palate. And it's just, for me, it's, you know, that sweetness is just, it, it's great. Like, but like, I just like the other two better, if that makes sense. Like, it's not a bad experience at all. It's very good. But for me, like on my personal palate, I just, I like the nuance of their Connecticut. I like the bite of the sun grown and that decadence is good. Now, if I had them throughout a day, like that's a that's a pretty good day experience if you kind of smoke through through the day that way. But Coop, you're muted, buddy. I remember my first oh. beer. Oh, I did it too. Rookie move. I was gonna say, you know, you know um the tenth anniversary Maduro was a monster for them. Mm-hmm. But the Sun Grown kind of is the one that gets forgotten about in that 10th anniversary line because you have Champagne. And Bear, I'm telling you, age those Sun Growns, 10th anniversary Sun Growns, they're amazing. Yeah. They're amazingly aged. They, they, I'm just, it may be one of the best Perdomo cigars to age. Yeah, I've got a box put away. So that makes perfect sense. I haven't oh, the, the red label, right? The red label. The red label, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's a surprise. I mean, it's a surprise because, like, um, 
Perdomo cigars, like I said, they're always ready to smoke and everything. That's one thing. the way, but they that one just really ages well. Yeah. To me, Nick, Nick would never let me let this down, but he was like they were like it was on the cusp. It was on the cusp of breaking into my top ten one year. So you'll you'll hate hearing you'll hate hearing that. But uh, uh, you're gonna hear about that. I, <laughs> but I but I I've 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 I have two boxes put away. I mean, and I yeah, and I no went to... and I went through I went through a box and a half that year that it came out. Man, it was fucking yeah. good. Yeah, fucking amazing. Yep. So, oh yeah. Um. Well, fantastic. Well, so I again, so that's a little bit of the brief history. We kind of just went on this little bit of a diatribe with Perdomo yeah, and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. but let's talk about primetime. So again, this is the the primetime show. This is the one you host with Aaron Loomis of Developing Palettes. Um, so I, I sent you some I sent you some categories, and I, I changed up the category because I didn't want to go like the same categories in every show. You know, I didn't want to be all boring. Yeah, so be all linear. So let's talk about prime time. What was the biggest surprise? And this is open ended; like there isn't a precise way to define surprise. So I left it up to you. What's the biggest surprise show that you had um, during Cigar Coop Prime Time? Um, you know what's surprisingly, I hate answering it this way. But 287, I know it's a recent show, Arnold, Arnold Serafin. I knew we met Arnold at the trade show. Mm-hmm. I've seen Arnold on your show. I did not expect to make a connection to Arnold like I did on that show, um, where I basically found my, my, uh, my, my twin ego in this guy. Uh, for his love of nostalgia, his love of the cigar industry, the love of storytelling, I, w- I was really, really surprised. Again, I had met him, so I knew I was going to have a good show. I just didn't expect that to happen. Uh, so that's one that was very recent that, that um, again, I didn't I didn't see that one coming. But I kind of came out of that show. I'm like, you know, I want to hang out with this guy. I want to like go into his store, and I want to see his store. Uh, like I said, I always knew he was a good guy. I like his cigars. But, man, it was just – it was a really kindred – kind of kindred connection i made with him that night uh for sure and i and i i hope he felt the same way at least you know i hope he enjoyed the show obviously so that that was a uh that was one that was a surprise to me uh recently mm-hmm. uh one i think that you know if we go a little further you want me to go further back into some it's dude, right it's, it's your it's your show man so yeah mm. i mean where, where where do you find the surprises um I gotta go back to, um, obviously, I feel like I'm gonna leave a lot. I'll give you another surprise one. We had a, we had a, we needed a fill-in, um, for a guest back in September of 2020. Now, picture this: it, it was easy, easy to get guests in 2020, right? Because they were like everyone was available, right? But I couldn't get a guest, right? So Aaron said, hey, why don't we bring on uh, Adrian Acosta, who is a he used to be the national sales manager for AJ Fernandez. He's now a broker and he he start, he has a cigar brand called The Cigar Culture. And again, I was just real. not only did we have a great audience that night, which surprised me, but it was a great conversation. A guy who is really knowledgeable, has a lot of insights into the industry. You know, he's been there from a salesperson to a broker. Now he's a brand owner. Um, just really had a good pulse on, on the industry. He was for a short time, I think, even doing some stuff with Pravada, although I think that's kind of passed as well. 
So, you know, Adrian Costa, it was episode 157. I think that was probably, we were just real surprised uh, how that show kind of came off. Yeah. Um, I remember that show. I think that the, I, I think it's, it, that's happened a couple of times where like, there's just been this really surprise response from the audience share. Like we know that we know, for example, like, Nick can bring him in. Nick Perdomo can bring him in. Jonathan. Nick Perdomo's going to bring him in. Right. Yeah. Like there's, there's a few that you're like, I'm expecting Steve Saka brings him, brings him clamoring. Like they're just, there's, there's always a great, there's always a great, you know, uh, amount of people that show up. But interestingly enough, what I thought was, was fascinating about that is I, I kind of, I remember that show because I remember watching, I was like, man, there's a lot of people tuning in this is, and he was a great guest. Yeah. It's like the, when the, uh, the, the guys from Amandola, you know, Chris and Jeff. That, 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 were that very... was another one that was like, man, like, and they're like, and we're not just talking about, we're not talking about viewership. We're talking about like engagement too. Like I thought that that was really yeah. interesting. So, Oh, it was, it, I, I agree with that one. Definitely uh, agree a thousand percent on that one. Um, Yeah, that, that was another, that was another good one. Um, We just, you don't know. I mean, and, and you know, a lot of times you just, sometimes you know, we, we try to always have a good uh, rotation, I guess. We really try not to put people on more than once a year, except for the virtual trade show. We just don't want to oversaturate anyone. Um, so, you know, a lot of that goes into it. And, and sometimes we have to make a decision. We're going to put someone new on. Can they, can they, one, bring an audience in? And, two, can they really, more importantly, carry a show? Um, we've had very good luck with that. We've been blessed with that. Um, like the people we brought in, I, I bring them back uh, – you know, another one with the ATL cigar guys, uh, Leroy Janelle and, and Peter Gross. Um, they were yeah. another kind of last minute one. They were fantastic when we had them on. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, I think about I, I've 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 heard about Peter is interesting. Like a lot of people say, like outside outside of like shows, like because I interviewed him at the trade show, and you had a fantastic <laughs> show with him. Like some of the feedback I've heard about Peter is that he he uh, he's not very chatty, he's not very talkative. That's gonna come yeah, up that's with what another I, person. Oh, I heard that too. I, yeah, I, I thought heard that Peter. Too. I thought Peter was was freaking great, man. Like like he was I, like super I, chatty. And, I got like, two. Also I got two phone calls. Yeah, I got two phone calls. You sure you, you sure you need don't need another guest? Like I'm available. Like like I'm like, what do you mean? But he was a fan. I bring yeah. them back. They were fantastic guests. Yeah. Yeah, Leroy is good people too, man. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah. What a good audience in too for us, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Bear, I got to say another one, okay? Because I've heard this one, and I know we're going to talk probably a little more about this later on, but James Brown, we've had him on about four or five times right now on Coop. Mm-hmm. We always, we've, I've heard James is quiet, he's not chatty. We've had incredible shows with James. We've mm-hmm. had, never had, we never had blank airtime with James. Um. Go listen to the shows is what I'll tell people. Yeah. Like if you're gonna tell me that, then you haven't listened to you haven't heard him on the Coop show or, or, or an LO. Yeah. You haven't heard him. Um so go go watch our show is what I'm gonna say. Because the proof is we have the proof out there with that. Well, just like I, I always just again, just you know, you know, shallow brag here, just like maybe you're not asking the right questions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. A fair I, fair point. Yeah, I've got a lot to say about James later on tonight. Because yeah. that yeah, I know that, we're gonna that, talk more about him. that guy's uh that guy is that guy's uh, world class, man. Um mm-hmm. all right, shortest. What was the shortest episode of Primetime? 
Boy, that's a, you know, everyone, it might... everyone talks about how fucking long we talk, Coop, so I thought this was an interesting one to bring up. It might have been, it was either, I believe it might have been Casey Hogan, believe it or not. The very first one? Yeah, I believe the first one was, what, about 90 minutes. So I believe that it was Casey Hogan. Yeah. And that was, because, again, we were, we were, you know, we were trying not to force the format. Um, we, we, we had less sponsors back then, things like that. So um, I actually, I'm going to actually pull up what the number was on that, but I'm, I'm, 99 yeah one hour it wasn't even 90 minutes it was actually 89 minutes so that definitely is the shortest one there you go nice yes all right so i got two hard ones for you back to back here coop let's go with the uh let's go with the uh, i'm going to flip-flop on you here because i sent you the i sent you the last most controversial most controversial episode of cigar coop primetime most controversial episode um, a lot of people probably want to say it's the Brian Descend interview. Yeah. Um, because that and look, I'm gonna say this: it was I thought it was a good show, very good show. I had a lot of people give me positive feedback on how that show was handled. There was an unfortunate incident where we had to edit out something, uh, and that's something that we had to put that in on that episode. So, and that's what the controversy was. By the way we would do that again. And we, we may have even done it a couple times before. Um, I know I've done it on Stogie geeks before we had to pull some stuff out. So it was, it was just, we had to, we had to um, do that. Um, But I thought the interview, I, you know, look again, uh, I, I thought we had a very good interview minus that piece. So that was controversial. But I think the other one that was a little controversial, mainly because we didn't, we didn't go and how can I put it? We didn't, we didn't address the the uh, elephant in the room, and it was Tim Osgunner uh, on episode two forty three, and the story with this was we had booked Tim Osgunner a long time before the Crown Heads Luciano fallout, um. We we felt it was unfair. We we didn't want to we didn't want to get in the middle of this, right? So we thought it was unfair that if we get a guy like Tim Osgunner on, that we pepper him with questions on this, right? We we you know we we didn't want to do. We only thing we did ask Tim was about some of the factory what he was doing as far as his factories go, and he really couldn't talk much about. It. But we did take a lot of criticism for that interview because we didn't like you know ask those questions about this whole, you know, and that was a, that was a bloody divorce at the time, unfortunately. So we took a little hit with that one. Uh, people weren't happy with that, but um, we felt we had Tim Osgener on. He, he doesn't do, he hadn't done a lot. We, I think we were the first podcast he did actually. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to respect him. And honestly, we did not want to use our show to get in the middle of this, of uh, the divorce hearings. So so that was the other, yeah. and I think you and I have talked about that too. So that was a controversial one for sure. Um, I mean, I think that also came up too. I mean, I mean, a couple of times you've kind of skated with it, and I'm sure this. I don't want to step on the toes of any of the categories that you uh-huh. mentioned this, but like, you know, I think it was very clear that there was a per- certain part of the hi- histories of certain people's companies that they didn't want to talk about for one reason or another. Not going to speculate because they didn't get spoken about, right? 
But yeah. like, you know, like Jonathan Drew, for example, like there wasn't, it was like, it was all post-acquisition talk. There wasn't really, I mean, there was a little no, bit was, of pre. There was, no, there was some pre, yeah, but there, there was, and I don't want to go, but there was one area we just, when we did the prep, we, we were asked not to do it. Yeah. Um, But no one said anything about it. As well as just say, hey. Well, yeah, they're like, uh, for instance, the the uh, the hand rolled guys, you know, I, I think I think it got addressed very, very, very subtly, but not too much like the fact that Honduras wasn't even mentioned in the documentary, um, which was uh, which was something I definitely brought up in my interview. Um, but again, I mean, I wouldn't say controversial. It's just like, you know, but a little bit of a hot take. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely a little bit of a hot take for sure. Um, um, um. Yeah, but I mean, it that see the the hand rolled. I was kind of pissed off originally, right, with those guys, because we we were getting no responses from anyone, right. So I said, fine, I'm not going to go to the the showing. And then Pete calls me up. I didn't know Pete was involved with this, right, even at the time. And Pete's like, hey, you know, he he kind of talked me off the ledge with it. So I went and I was happy about it. And then we actually invited them on the show afterwards. So all was good and all was forgiven. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a little closer to Jesse than I am with Steve uh, Garabine. Uh, uh, both uh-huh. are both are world class guys. Um, great, well, great guys. But Je- Je- Jesse is, I mean, Jesse in particular for me, like, um, you know, I think I think Steve, uh, I think Steve is an incredible doc documentary yeah. maker. Like, he's got an amazing skill set. Yeah. Um, I think Jesse's a little bit more of an artist. Um, but Jesse and I really bonded over the fact, like, the the way we view conversation. And then the, like, the, yeah. like, it's, it's not just him and I had this, like, and it was actually off air. It was really interesting. Um, right. But it, we were talking about how it's not necessarily what people say. It's how they say it. That's important. And that's something that like, y- you know, in a live interview, like we're doing now, Coop, it's really kind of hard to emphasize. And it's really kind of fine. It's, it, it's, it's really interesting to articulate certain aspects of it, but what they're able, what you're able to capture in a documentary is you can take those moments, you know, contextually and again, artistically, but with respect to the medium and really bring that, that, that articulation to the forefront. Um, yeah. And I think they did that beautifully in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, I agree. I agree. Uh, I have so much respect for those guys that, at least for as long as I can do it, Cigar Coop has a uh, on the sidebar. One of the ad spots is we'll take you to the hand roll movie on YouTube, Thank and you. that will that will always be there. So um, we're not looking to get clicks or anything with that, but we wanted to give them a permanent portal. If you're on our site and or you don't know where to find the movie, go, go and do that. Go and do that. We'll do something similar, Jason. I haven't done that yet, but uh, but yeah. So that will be you can easily just go there. Is what I'm saying is um and find it. So. Because uh, we thought it was very important, I think you and I agree. Handroll's important to what this industry is. The docu series now is the next step with this, which is un- like Casey Newman one came out unbelievable. By the way, if you haven't seen, the- you saw the final product of it yet? Not the Depends final. The rough no, cut. I just saw- no, I just saw the rough cut. The rough cut. Okay, the rough cut's amazing. The final cut's even better. So yeah, doesn't uh, surprise yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. So uh, those guys were up to three in the morning editing. Yep, Before they the told TV. us that the next day. Yeah, and insane. and I'm like, I knew it was a rough cut, but I didn't realize how how much they were up against the the deadline with that. Yeah, but but it was it not it didn't really look like a rough cut, right? It just well, uh, we knew we knew ahead of time. It was if a rough you cut. if you if you know what to look for, like if if a layman sat there and watched it, like you know, with all respect to most of the audience, yeah. most people were. 
Like yeah. they couldn't tell. It was it's phenomenally done. Like the rough cut was yeah, phenomenally yeah. done. It's a great way to tell a story. Um, yeah, the people that got on and stuff. But, um, but yeah, I was talking to Jesse. I was like, man, God, you guys. I mean, and and I, I didn't mean to disrespect with those. Like, man, you guys were up till three doing it because again, the reason they were up till three wasn't because they were procrastinating. They lost a shit ton of edited footage that they had to yeah. go back and recreate. Yeah. I mean, what, a, what an insanely scary thing. It was nuts. Yeah. All right. So let's go back to the list here, Coop, for categories. So we, that was the most, some of the most controversial. Right? right. Right. What was the worst episode of Cigar Coop Primetime? Your opinion. Ernesto, oh, Ernesto Padilla. Episode 38. Um, We had, it was a train wreck. I don't even know what else to say. Um, We, I had a prep call with him. Like, Earlier in the day, and he basically goes AWOL on the show and comes on the show, and he's not even in a uh, house or studio. He's in a car driving over Key Biscayne, and it was like all the prep stuff we talked about the show was out out, out, out the window. It was it was a train wreck. Um, Are we doing this for special edition too, or is this for every? This is just for prime time. We're talking, right? We can we can bring anything you want. I have. I have a. I think you know the train wreck show. Well, let's go ahead and bring it. Let's go ahead and bring it up. I mean, while while we're on it, no, I did not have this category for special edition. But go ahead. I know which one you're going to talk about. So yeah, and and this one, I I know you have different feelings from me on this one, but it was a pandemic episode. It was a pandemic episode, and we had um invited on Mike Bellity. It was 71. And that show ended up turning in was it Mike was it Mike Bellity or was it Mike, uh, Be- Mike Bell Mike Bellity was the guest. Was- and then and Jared Trudeau came on as a as a impromptu um and it turned into a Herf show. Uh and it just the show came off the rails. We had no control of the I felt I had no control of the show. Um I brought it because back. Again, I brought it back. You brought it's it. Okay. You brought it back. You saved it because I was about to cut cut the show. I I never pulled the almost pulled the plug on a show, and that was the only one I I was about ready to pull the plug because again I did not want I I the Herfs have a great place. Yeah, that's not what my sponsors signed up for, and I hope that's not what my audience signed up for. Um, so I, I kind of felt it was coming off the rails. Not that anyone was doing anything terrible. It was just disorganized, disjointed. It looked like I wasn't prepared. Um, I, it's the one show I can't even go back and watch. It was so bad. I know you feel different, but yeah, yeah because the- I, but I think our approaches are a lot different. Coop, you and I both know that we both do prep work for shows. There's, 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 yeah. there's certain hosts and certain yeah. shows where there aren't a we, lot of prep work yeah. done. And, and the Herf, category certainly falls under yeah. that 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 model and right. there's a place for it and i think that i think that that but um um and i and i mean this i mean this with the sincerest respect that i hope you, right. you hear that it's intended i'm a lot better on the fly than you are no you are i'm gonna say that too you i tend to want to go not scripted but i want to be a little more structured uh with that for sure um but that being said, um, it was it was just really, you know, I just felt that wasn't what we had. That wasn't, you know, if we want to do a herf, let's do a herf. I I just felt somewhere else. Um, 
because I, I just and maybe a lot what your comment is accurate. I'm not comfortable in that situation. Right. So, again, I'm, I'm not trying to bash the guests or anything like that. Yeah, no, but I thought Jared, you're right. Jared was phenomenal. And so, I mean, Belody was great. Yeah. 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 You know, it's just I'm I'm not I'm not it's not my uh I said I want people I, I, I was really worried because at the time too there was so many of these herf shows coming, right? That there was confusion if we were herf like people getting confused between podcasts and herf shows. And that was I'm I was starting to see that confusion even that night. Uh, especially when, when people in the audience started coming in and, and stuff like that. It was just, you know, we had, we, you know, and again, we used, I, we, we ended up using developing palettes to do the herf piece of it. Uh, I have been asked several times about doing a herf show. It's, it will never, ever happen uh, on our branded shows. It would be something outside the branded shows if we did it. Yeah. Wasn't quite the track. <laughs> Ernesto was an absolute like train off the rails. Like, like, I just like was so frustrated after that show. Uh, that was primetime episode 38. But this one, this was special edition 71. Uh, most of the show was good. It came off the rails in the last half hour is when that happened. But I'll never. Oh, here's the other thing. If someone asks if they can dial into a show, it will never happen on my watch unless we understand why they're coming in. Uh, if you want to just come in and talk to someone, it's 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 not going to happen. If there's a reason, we can work that out. Maybe surprise a guest or something like that, you know. But but we have to know why you're you just can't come on the BS anymore. At least on 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 the, these the primetime shows branded going forward. Well, you and I both participated in that 24 hour podcast uh, from Meet the Professor. Yeah, and that that was also the style then. Like you had a prominent guest that you were interviewing. Right. Like each, they, they selected members of the media. I was one, you, McTavish, Fernando, you know, uh, for, excuse me, Fernand. Yeah. Uh, Fernand. And, yeah. yeah. And, and then some others, obviously. McTavish, so that, McTavish was on there. Matt Tobacco as well. Yeah. yeah Matt Tobacco, Garofalo, you know, like we all did, we all did little segments and stuff. And, you know, Rich Meyerberg was my guest, but Daniel Marshall came on. And I thought that was, I thought that was great, man. Well, I thought well, that was a great spot. It was, it was a little different model with that show, though. Yeah, because yeah. the same thing. Christian Aroa came, popped in on, on ours. That was kind of set up like we knew ahead of time this might happen. So that's why that was a little different. I knew, and the other thing is, yeah, it was again that format was a little different. Is what I'm saying. So, but it yeah. worked in that case. Um, and in fact, Christian dialed in like he was supposed to be on with Ferdinand. He dialed in early with me, uh, but he stayed on. He was a total, total gentleman with that. Uh, so it was great to talk to him on that. And I think Daniel, I remember he has, he was in the hot tub, right? When he when he was he in the hot tub when he when you had him. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Marshall was in the hot tub. That was great. Um, By the way, yeah, we had Daniel Marshall on. Uh, you came and guest hosted on primetime with Daniel Marshall. That was a yeah, unbelievable, that was, that was another great. unbelievable show. Yeah, that was fantastic. I really enjoyed yeah. that too. Yeah. Um, but okay, so back to some categories here. So back to prime time that we we dipped into. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know we dipped into that one, but I thought there was a reason why we dipped into special edition with that one. Yeah. So let's talk about the most impactful show in your opinion. Like what, what, what show, or shows, were the most impactful to the history of the Cigar Coop Primetime brand? Again, this is prime time. Not... Uh, yeah. So I think when. I want to pull up my list here because I have a few of these in here. So bear with me. I apologize. Um, you know, what what 
happened is, um, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, to get legitimacy on a show, right? Um, you really had to bring in the guests that had not done the shows like these types of shows before. Um, so I think when it was prime time, uh, I want to say, I know, I, I want to say, I'm just, I want to make sure I don't miss anything here. I, I got to go back and I got to say it was Alan Rubin, the, the real Alan Rubin on episode 104. And and I think that changed the game for a lot of that changed the game for this show, uh, because the guests that we had on beforehand were fantastic guests, right? They were just they were some of the best of the best, right? Um, and there was another one I just thought of before that one, but but Alan was a guy who had not done podcasts before, like he had not done this before. He was kind of considered a, a little aloof, right? Like not reachable, right? So we had had remember uh, we had had um Alec and Bradley on uh, a few months earlier, and Alan wanted to come on our show. And again, this is a guy who had not gone into the space before. And I I think I told you I was a nervous wreck before the show. I was never more nervous for a show like this one because I was just worried that something would go wrong. And we were like the we were like the big name that would um that you know we were opening the door for some of these guests to come on that had not done these types of shows before. And here's the other thing. I knew we had Nick Perdomo four shows later on, right? So we were working on Nick Perdomo, who's going to be who's in that category as well. And all I kept thinking is if the Alan Rubin thing bombs, like Nick Perdomo is just going to be like, yeah, he's not going to want to do this. Right. So and, but it was unbelievable. Alan was an unbelievable guest. I know we're going to be talking more about Alan later on. So I would say that one because that opened the door for us to bring in the Nick Perdomos, the um, Glenn Wolfson. Right. Glenn Wolfson had not done a lot of these shows. Eduardo Fernandez comes on. Um, you know, we just we started seeing these names just come out there. Jeremiah Mirafel comes on later on, you know. So, so these were names that just hadn't done shows before. We we were able to get them first. There was another impactful show, Bear, and I I can't believe I missed this one. Charlie and Jack Tarano, episode thirty-seven. I'm glad. You why this was so? Yeah, why this was so impactful. Um, long story short, uh, Charlie Tarano, you know, people know sold the company, uh, back in 2014. Mm-hmm. He had so sold true. the company and Charlie really had gone like, he kind of like disappeared rode, for a while. Rode off into the sunset, man. Right. He did another show before us. Um, but I think Jack wanted him on our show. And it happened to be I was going to be in Florida, um, and I was able to get Charlie Tarano on. On that previous show, Charlie really never told the story behind the sale of the show. We get Charlie on this show, and Charlie was like an open book. And the this is where the impact came in. Tar- former Tarano employees were tuned in that night, and, and they were learning about what was going on for the first time. Like they didn't know the behind a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that went on. 
And we got so and it wasn't they weren't it, they weren't mad about it. It's just we provided a, a platform to ask the questions that needed to be asked. And Charlie put no handcuffs on us, by the way. He was total and open book with this whole thing. He couldn't have been nicer. And um, like I said, that show, I, I, I the, Aaron was remote that night. The magic in that room that night was just unbelievable. Uh, having Charlie and Jack on that night. Um, I don't think it'll ever, I don't think I'll ever recreate another moment like what we had that night. Um, so people might not remember that show, but it was very impactful because yeah. I said, yeah. Uh, in fact, the funny thing is that Jack had all the Taranio cigars. So nice, man. That was good stuff, man. That was a really great episode. All right. Cool. Yeah. No, it was a lot of, I, I, you know, you and I went to, uh, we saw Charlie at Carlos Taranio's, uh, memorial. Yeah. You know, I went to Carlos Taranio's memorial. I know Charlie was really appreciative. When my dad passed a month later, Charlie was one of the first guys to reach out to me. So uh, it meant a lot. I know he he didn't forget that we were there. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Um, talk about impactful experiences. Yeah, that's that. Uh, you know, it was yeah. a very emotional day. Yeah, I remember. We when Jack. We, yeah, I remember when we left and we got back in the car and we didn't talk. For the know, for, for like we didn't talk for about minutes. fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. 10, 15 minutes. Like we're just just sat there, just like yeah. drive wherever we're, our next stop was. We we're just right. Just kept going. And, and here's the thing. Yeah, here's the thing. I knew Charlie, but I'm closer to Jack. And, and I said, Bear, Bear, look, I'm really close to Jack. I think he really would like us to be there. And you, you know, would you mind going for an hour? And so you were great about it. So that, that's yeah. really what happened there. Yeah. Um, and it was a very, very special night. Uh. A special moment to you know when he called me when he didn't call me he, he reached he sent me a message Charlie oh my dad passed away it was very nice to him mm-hmm. so Absolutely. yeah yeah um so here's one that I think is interesting we 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 love milestones you know uh-huh. and it's kind of funny that we're doing a, a milestone esque show on a non milestone yep. number but we like milestones anniversaries mm-hmm. you know tens fifties hundreds um. Best milestone show, primetime. Um, by far, um, I'm gonna go with episode 200, Corey Bappert of Oliva. In- interesting. Okay, because we cover Oliva. Yeah. Um, Hasht- uh, hashtag we cover Oliva. Again, we cover Oliva. Um, I took a shot. I said I want to get the guy from Oliva on. Uh, I made a cold call to him. He got back to me, and he's like, "When do you want us to do it?" And uh, he was a great guest. And again, I think we had this door opened, you know, like with the Alan Rubens, the Nick Perdomos, you know, some of these Eduardo Fernandez. Is, is, is there was a history here? Um, and Corey, uh, this is a, this was such a good show because Corey's one of the few guys who worked his way up to the top spot in the company from like the ground up. Like he's he was an Oliver. He started out at the very bottom. Uh, I don't want to say bottom, but entry level. You know what I mean? And he worked his way up to CEO, and he's becoming a very well-respected figure in the industry. So I got to go, as far as milestones go on prime time, uh, I would say 200 for sure. That was the, the most important one for me. Uh, to get to get someone from, you know, again, how many how many podcasts have had Oliva on their podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Right. And to get the top guy... Company that's not known to do this, right? And we, we, I think we had. I'm, I'm sure Corey checked us out. I'm sure he checked us out before saying yes to this. So, 
Um, I know he, I know he's got some friends who are friends of ours. I'm sure he checked them out, but we were able to get him, and it was a it was a fantastic mile. Like so again, there's other shows that might have been bigger than that. But I'm, when we say milestone, we're talking like episodes 200 or anniversary shows. Yeah. Right. Anniversaries yeah, so or say, like yeah, 200, 100, 150, yeah. 250, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going Corey with 200 for sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Um this is not um on the Elosufumar takes um categories. Mm-hmm. But I I thought I I've had I've had a couple of great ones, man. Um you know, I had uh Nick Perdomo on, you know, on 250. 250? 150, 150. 150, yeah. Um, Pete Johnson at the time, which is interesting because I've had him on several times since. Yeah, uh, 100. Pete, yeah, Pete and I have become, I, I would say, pretty good friends, um, which has been, I think, one of one of my biggest biggest pleasures in yeah. the industry um, has been getting to know him on a, on a personal and, 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 a, and a friend-like level. Um, and, uh, but man, he was my white whale, man. I wanted him for 100. I mean, I reached out, I mean, months in advance and I was like, I want to make sure that it's get, this gets it. And he was like, well, I'm getting married. And I'm like, okay, all right, well, we will, we'll work around any dates we need to, but I was like ready mm-hmm. and prepared and stuff. And, and we la- yeah. it landed on the, it landed on, like, we didn't have to do any adjustment. It landed perfectly. Yep. And what was great and awful about the show was the fact that it was the first time the first time, Coop. I remember this. I was watching this. Where my fucking internet went out. In the middle of episode in, 100. In the middle of it. I've got 100 episodes, 100 fucking takes, man. 100 takes. And my internet goes out. Pete doesn't know what's going on. And God bless that man. He stays on. He starts answering questions in the chat. And holy Pete, like, took shit. over as the host. Pete took over okay. as, like, the host. Yeah, and I mean, I had never prepared for that scenario, man. Like, I, you know, so he he picked up with that bomb, uh, yeah. took it and took it, you know, took it on the chin and kept going. And I dialed in for a portion of it, got my internet back up, and uh, lo and behold, there we go. Yeah, Pete did a uh, tremendous job. That was a tremendous show, and uh, you know, it was like the ultimate. It was the ultimate like bad luck moment. Again, this is something I feared would happen with Alan Rubin. Right. Mm-hmm. This is the stuff. Uh, and like I said, don't get me wrong. But I didn't know how Pete would react when you went down. Either. I mean, he was still we didn't like I didn't know him well at the time. It was really he could have hung up. Yeah, he could have hung up. But he I hung up on him. it. He could have hung up. Like, what the heck? You know, like these guys aren't prepared, you know, but he was great about it. He's totally understanding. He was a true, true, true professional. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Pete said, I think we lost Bear. I think. <laughs> and then I think I messaged him and said, hey, I think just to let you know he's, he's had an internet problem. So I think because yeah. I was watching that night. Yeah, it was it was really great, man. That was really great. Yep. I had yep. a great and we had a great audience that night. Sean was there. You know, yeah, he's the one chatting right now. So Sean was there, and uh, yeah, man, they uh, they yep. really held it together for me. I think they started yep. asking about guitars and music. I missed like I missed a ton of good shit. Was, I, mean, I went back and it, listened to it, but it was great. It wasn't filler. Pete did a great job. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, and, and that's just I think the you know it, it's a testament to the platform that you built. Um, too. So I mean, good job with that. Yeah, for and, sure. Sometimes I think when we do these shows, it's how we recover from these moments that are are, are where we really shine. Mm-hmm. And you recovered nicely, yeah. Because you came back on and you were able to kind of, you know, the show had to go on. Yeah, as always, man, yeah. as always. Yeah, yeah. 
So um, we're going to take a break now and do one of our fun segments, of course, and then we're going to get into primetime special edition, which, of course, you and I co-host. Um, okay. And uh, so uh, this, of course, this next segment is our presidential trivia segment, which is always brought to you by United Cigars, featuring La Giana Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, the Firecracker, and the highly acclaimed Atabay, Byron, and now Alfonso lines from Selected Tobacco. Smoke one today and start living united. So, Coop, your first mm-hmm. name is William. Yeah. William Henry Harrison. Yep. Shortest tenured president in history. Yep. Uh, grandfather to future president, Mr. Benjamin Harrison, Mr. President. Yep. Benjamin mm-hmm. Harrison. Um, but that has not, we're not asking that. We're not asking questions around those two pieces of mm-hmm. trivia. Yep. We're talking about a battle in which he commanded. So a lot of people don't know this about William Henry Harrison. He cemented, his legacy was cemented um, by his service in the military, specifically the war of 1812. Mm -hmm. Now, which battle in the war of 1812 cemented his national legacy that led to his widespread popularity that led to the Whigs nominating him for president, which he ultimately won the election. Right. Mm -hmm. Was it A, the Battle of Lake Erie, B, the Battle of Prophetstown, C, the Battle of Fort Wilderness, or D, the Battle of Tippecanoe? Tippecanoe. Final answer? Final answer. Okay. Why? I'm I'm not trying to make you second guess. I'm just saying why. There, there... The Tippecanoe thing connects. I'm connected with him with that name for some reason. That name's associated with him, right? Mm-hmm. Tippecanoe. I've heard it mentioned when he's mentioned. Mm-hmm. That that that's why it, when you as soon as you said it, I probably I, you know because I was like maybe it's, I didn't know the other ones for sure. But as soon as you said Tippecanoe, I knew right away it was Tippecanoe because I've heard that that na- name mentioned with him. Yep, and I, that is correct. That is correct. So, um. So Prophetstown is actually uh, um, was actually the name of the town that Harrison led men out of going into the Battle of Tippecanoe on the camp of uh, of and he was encamped in the Tippecanoe River. This is on November seventh, by the way, eighteen oh nine. So, um, oh, excuse me, eighteen twelve. Um, so the uh, by the way, the Battle of Fort, Fort Wilderness never existed. That's a fictitious battle, and I I brought that back from the movie the the Mel Mel Gibson's The Patriot. Okay. I, that I didn't know. That I didn't know. Okay. Yeah, so didn't actually happen. It's yeah. a it's a made up it's a made up yeah. battle. Uh, Lake Erie is a battle that actually took place after Tippecanoe that he he actually did also win as well. He was an incredible commander, man. The threat against the settlers against the were, were pretty serious in 1809. So, um, and of course, this was. You know, this was by... like in Toledo, right? This yeah, battle, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. Was, so, so if you remember, like the, of course, it was the British, but the British had uh, had allied allied with a local yeah. local uh, um, local Native American peoples, precisely the again the Confederacy that was started by a very young and energetic and eloquent chieftain. Remember Tecumseh. Mm-hmm. Um. He had a brother who was known actually as the prophet. And they began to strengthen their their confederation to prevent further encroachment. So this was, again, this was more of a defense rather than an offense. So in 1811, Harrison received permission to attack the Confederacy. So while Tecumseh was away, was away seeking more allies, so he actually wasn't at the Battle of Tippecanoe. Tecumseh wasn't. 
Harrison led about a thousand men out of Prophetstown. Suddenly, like in the morning, it was like, I believe November 6th or 7th, something like that. Um, and by the way, this is November in Ohio, so it's fucking mm-hmm. cold. Just one point there. Sure. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so the Native Americans attacked the camp at Tippecanoe River after heavy fighting. Harrison and, Harrison and his men repelled them back. They did suffer pretty greatly. They lost 190 men, but they got him out of there. Um, but this this garnered him uh, national acclaim and uh, a fame that was uh, forever cemented. And it's sad because you know he's a his his military status is a, is a, is a footnote in history. He's known um, as the 30 day president or the 30 day right? president. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, short tenure president, and and of course the grandfather of Benjamin Harrison. So like. Those are his claims of fame, which is which is yeah. sad because, um, you know, it what it did what at the time was it really disrupted Tecumseh's Confederacy and it but it, and but but also little known fact is even though that was the case, he actually didn't he failed to actually diminish the the raids by the Confederacy yeah. uh, and what the Confederacy I'm talking about again is Tecumseh's Confederacy, not. To be confused with the Confederate, you know, the actual Confederacy, as we refer to commonly in this country. Uh, so, but by the spring of 1812, they were they were really terrorizing frontier. So, in the War of 1812, he won more military laurels. Was given the command of the Army of the Northwest with the rank of Brigadier General. So he also commanded at the Battle of the Thames, or also known as the Battle of Lake Erie. Right, right, yeah. That was after that was after Tippecanoe, right? Yeah, after yeah. Tippecanoe. So this is October 1813. Yep, yep. So he defy he defeated again he defeated uh, defeated Native American forces who, which allied with British forces, and guess who was there in that battle? Tecumseh. And okay. Tecumseh, and Tecumseh was killed at the Battle of the Thames or the Battle of Lake Erie, as it's known. Wasn't wasn't he in a dual role in in the War of eighteen twelve as governor as well? He was. Yeah, good call. Okay, good I thought so. Yeah, yeah, he was in a dual. Yeah, but but um, yeah, I thought he was a governor, but he was a territory governor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. He wasn't a state because the state wasn't there yet. So yeah, yeah, that's why I thought he was in a dual dual role. Like imagine a governor going out there and fighting these battles. Yeah. So after this battle and after the death of Tecumseh, like the Confederacy just like disbanded, man. It's like it. I mean, it shattered. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so, so Harrison returned to civilian life at that point. He was not in office, but the Whigs who needed a national elite, you know. They needed a nominee, so they rallied behind him and their in his heroics and nominated him for president in 1840. And he won by a majority of less than about less. Was than it 1840 or 1830? 1840. No, I think it was 1830. Because 1840, I thought Polk was 1840. Pretty sure I'm right. You may be right. I'll, I'll trust you on this one. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of something else. You're right. It's 1840. Yep. He was there back in 1841. He served in 1841. I just looked it up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're right. Yeah. So um... we went to a lot of presidents from like 1841 to 1861. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you had you had Harrison in eighteen forty one, John Tyler, his VP, who becomes president, right? Yeah. Never of no, never nominates a vice president, by the way. He goes in his yeah. entire presidency with no vice president. Yep, yep. Polk wins in forty five. That's, that's what I was saying. Polk, I don't yeah, that's what I was saying. 
Zachary, say, yeah, Zachary, Zachary Taylor. Let four four years later. Yeah. Dies. Pierce. No, Millard Fillmore. Fillmore. Then Pierce. Then Pierce. Then Buchanan. Then Buchanan. Yeah. Mid Lincoln. Yep. Then, of course. Still, my opinion. The greatest president ever, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, uh, he's up on Mount Rushmore for real. I, I was I was asked this question recently, and I've like greatest leaders in history, which is a fucking tall order when you think about the history of the world. Mm-hmm. And they went, and I thought about the United States, and I was like, man, it's really hard. It's really hard. I mean, I have my favorites, Lincoln, Teddy Roosevelt, right? It it really is like what is it one A and one B for you one A and one B is it Lincoln Delano Roosevelt like what like what what's the what's the top for you? Uh Lincoln like, Reagan Lincoln Reagan. Okay. Yeah, Reagan was very high up on that. Is that is that is that personal or is that like you feel like the impact to the nation and its I, national I think history the impact, and trajectory? Listen, I, I think absolutely the impact to the nation. You know. Growing up in the seventies, you had to understand we we had these fears of of nuclear war. We had fear. We were still the stigma of Vietnam was happening. Then we had uh, the inflation. Uh, we had a pretty bad recession in the seventies. Um, then the Iranian hostage crisis happens. Right. Uh, Reagan really restored a lot of that. So, it, it, I guess it's personal, but I also see the impact that it had. More so than than a lot of other presidents. That's fair. Yeah. Um. I, don't I mean, know Re- Reagan's I mean, up there for me too. It's not like yeah. it's not like wow, like that's left yeah. field. Yeah, I, but... I think I told. Yeah, I think if you ask me, the my favorite president, right? But he wasn't the most impactful. Was was Grant? I think I've told you, Ulysses S. Grant's one of the most amazing stories uh, of a guy to get to the presidency. How he did. Mm-hmm. So uh, he had a lot of problems while so, re- yeah, and- while receiving enormous public criticism. Like we yeah, think, yes, like like when we say like, I, I think I think our last two presidents, it's particularly the age that we live in. Uh-huh. Right. I think our last two presidents, people would pretty much say that, like, it's the, the criticism on both to for both President Biden and President Trump has been pretty well documented. Yeah, I think that's True. apparent. Yeah, uh, no, I agree. But here's an interesting fact, Bear. If Biden gets reelected and serves out his full term, what will he be the first person to ever do? Uh, service president in his 80s. There's something more. I wasn't looking for that, but that's an answer. You want me to tell you? And you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, by the way. Yeah, shoot. Fire away. Only person that served two terms, two full terms as vice president, and two full terms as president. That's right. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's correct. That's one hundred percent correct. I mean, yeah. so he's got a chance to. Do, he's got a chance to do it. Yeah. So yeah. that would be very historical. The eighties part is valid. Yes, the eighties part is totally valid. He's already yeah. accomplished that, though. Yeah, but if he gets to this, okay. yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. To be elected in his eighties was my was sorry to re- to re- refine my answer. Yeah, um, yeah. If he gets elected, he will be the first octogenarian to be elected. 
in for that second. But no, you look at all these vice presidents who became presidents. Uh, there's never been one to have the two terms complete. Sure. Complete. That's the thing. Yeah, I that's think there's the a, yeah, yeah. Nixon didn't serve out his second term. Right. Nixon would have did it. Nixon would have did it. Yeah. Yeah. Nixon would have done it. Um, Gore never got elected. He could have. He had a chance. Gore never got elected. Uh, uh, Bush Senior didn't get reelected. But Nixon actually got elect reelected, but he didn't serve out the full term. Is what happened. Mm -hmm. Nixon was like the closest one I can think of in recent memory to do that. Yeah, and Roosevelt had three. A lot of people ask, like, well, but he wasn't a VP. But he. But he wasn't a VP, True. and he wasn't a VP. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. No, I was talking about. VP, I was yeah. talking about. I was talking about Truman, because Truman didn't. Truman served. Uh, didn't even serve a full term as vice president. But no, he, he didn't did, serve full he, term, right? But he did win. Yeah, he won two elections and, and uh, wore one election. Rather. Yeah, and jo- yeah, yeah. And then Johnson kind of served a a full term, a part term. As vice president, and then a part term and a full term as president. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Interesting stuff. So that was yep. our yep. presidential trivia segment, which is always brought to you by. A good one. Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. Um, love yeah. tying it. Love yeah. tying it to people. So that was our presidential trivia segment, yep. which is always brought to you by United Cigars, featuring La Giana Havan, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, the Firecracker, and the highly acclaimed Atabay Byron, and now Alfonso Lines from Selected Tobacco. Smoke one today, and start living united. So back to uh, back to our picks, man. Um, I, I think this is a really nice journey that we've taken down as we kind of go yep. into it. So. Yeah. And again, for those people who have just tuning in to, we're kind of going through our shows. We've done 835 total shows in the Cigar Coop Coalition to say nothing of uh, the Smoking Syndicate reviews, which I did not count in the number, uh, mostly because those are singular. We've done a couple of duels. But, they, but they're singular. They're not podcasts. Those are videos. I think they're different than, than roundtables of podcasts. Correct. So let's move on to special edition, yeah. Coop. So, um, you know, we've told the story a couple of times, but just in a brief synopsis. Yeah. How did you and I get started, and uh, and how did it end up becoming what it is today? Well, I always knew I wanted to have like prime time. I told the vision of prime time. I wanted to have this second show, which um, you know, Cigar Coop's a news site, right? But I didn't want to have a news show where we we read the news, right? So I had this idea of doing like a news magazine type of format, right? And that was going to be primetime once in 2017. And I was thinking 2018 or 19 for this news magazine thing. Um, one day I'm kind of, like I said, I'm in the middle of this break I had taken from Stogie Geeks before I started primetime. And there's this guy uh, in a humidor um, doing a video on, on Hall of Famers. I happened to be Bear. Uh, I'd always liked Bear's videos and, and I always tuned into his videos. And... I liked what you did. Like I liked what you did, and uh, I kind of mentioned uh, something to you. Like I like this, and you responded back, like it enough to do a show, mm-hmm. right? With some half joking. And I said yes. Yeah, yeah. Half joking, but I said I said you gotta give me a little time. I'm in this reorganization right now with Coop. Uh, not only were we reorganizing the primetime show, we were separating from Stogie Geeks, so we were setting the whole business platform up. And we were doing the migration of the service. There was a lot going on. So I said, Bear, just be patient with me, right? 
uh, we get prime time off the ground. And I said, Hey, Barry, you want to do, you want to do this? Like, let's do it. Right. Um, we'll, we'll set up this thing called special edition. Uh, you'll be the guest, right? Uh, you were the guest on the first show and it was a fantastic show. There was chemistry. It was like love at first sight. Chemistry was so good. And, uh, I said, Hey man, you want to do this again? And like, uh, basically be a permanent part of this. Yeah. <laughs> and off, uh, off to the races, man. Off to the races. So uh what developed was a, a great partnership. Um like so we started this second show only a few months after uh like a month or a half after primetime. Um and it gave us a whole different avenue uh to, to have an extended format. Um, we, we did start putting some interviews on there because the news magazine format was, was conducive to that, but you know, news magazine shows do interviews as well. Right. So I know it was a little earlier. We were trying to kind of define the roles of the shows. I think we got them finally, uh, nailed down. Uh, and like I said, we're, we're about to hit 150 with this show, uh, next week. So. Yeah, it's really exciting, man. Um, I'm stoked. So, so yeah. And I think it's the most unique show, you know, out there. I think by far that is the most unique format we have of any of the podcasts uh, because no one, this is the one that no one's tried to replicate. Um, yeah. If anything, the closest thing I've seen to it, Cigar Authority kind of mixes it in with some of their stuff. That would probably be the only other one I could see. And, yeah. they, and honestly, they were doing it first. So, but I think we dedicated the show to this to concept. Yeah, in a lot of ways, Dojo does a little free flowing with themes and thematics. It's a lot of brackets and and things. They have a lot of don't, fun. Don't, they have a lot yeah, they've of fun. done a they've done a community type of feel for not just their audience but for the industry. Uh, and when we we're gonna talk, we've done some things like that. Uh, sort of, we've done a few fun things like that. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I. Uh... It's been it's been very fun. It's been very fun. So yeah. so on that on that point with the uh, the news magazine style, we've done a lot. We've developed a lot of themes. Some are single show themes, uh, single yep. segment themes. Yep. Uh, some are permanent show themes that we bring back yep. on a recurring basis, yep. right? Um, right? Such as like Mount Rushmore and the aging experiment, yeah. things like that. Yep. So. Uh, so what's your favorite, Coop? What's your favorite theme and, and, and how do you think how do you think it's going and where do you expect it to go? Well, the one I'm really most excited about, um, but we just haven't done the second one yet of it, is the power rankings one. So I think we are gonna make that a regular segment. So I don't feel like it, that's fair to say um I don't think it's fair to make that my you know, yeah, but I think that has a lot of potential. Did you ask me to pick between Mount Rush? There's Mount Rushmore, Aging Experiment, and do we have one other one in there? Uh, is there one other one in there? No, I think those are the two we've had, right? Those are those are probably the ones. Unless I'm missing one. Am I missing another one? Um unless we count the uh like the baseball shows would be the other one. The baseball show would be the other one. Where we've done it. I I still gotta go back to Mount Rushmore here. As much as I love the aging experiment, first of all, I feel I don't normally say I'm the guy to take credit. I'm taking credit for Mount Rushmore. No one did it before. We did it on Stogie Geeks episode seventy five. I wanted to bring this concept into 
to uh, the special edition show. You were very open to it. You kind of helped refine what that concept was going to be um, because you said, hey, let's do it with companies, which I thought was a great idea. And then you said, hey, let's not just do it with companies. Let's map it to presidents. Well, that was like more organic. Really kind of, that was more organic. It was organic, but you, but that was you. That was you who did it. So yeah. I'll say, look, the concept of Mount Rushmore Cigars, I'm taking credit. No one did it before me on Sto- in 2013 on Stogie episode 75. But I feel that that one, we have done uh, a very, very good job with that one. We, uh, we've done so many – there's so many companies still to go. We may, you know, we we've talked about possibly going outside the realm and doing it with company like different cigar sizes or uh, you know people, right? But but for now, uh, I think we we've, we've really uh, we just did the Florida Minicana earlier this year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So we yeah. So uh, that was I would say we did that one. We did that one right after the trade show. I want to say. So so yeah, that's that's probably the one I'm really proud of. Um, and I, look, I'm not saying no one else could do a cigar Mount, a Mount Rushmore show, but I feel that's the one we, we got. Other people have done it. Right. But I feel we I brought this one to the table and then you and I made the concept at another level. Like you took this to another level when you came in and came up with these ideas and the companies you pick are really good companies. And uh, the concept just flows so good. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that one. Yeah, man, I I dig it. I dig the Mount Rushmore. It's so much fun. The aging we, we experiment. Do two, we, really we do cool. about two. Yeah, the aging experiment again. I think that's really that that was organic. This I think that concept came on some discussion we were having on the show, and then we came up with the idea of let's let's actually do an aging experiment and where we get the same cigars, we smoke them. Uh, originally, we did a smoke and then a smoke six months later. And then we, I think you came up again with another guy did is, hey, let's do it six months and one year later. Yeah. Um, and it works. We, we, we're in the middle of number five, which is the Padron Family Reserve. Yeah. 46. So we have one coming up in January. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, late January, February will be that next one where we wrap up the Padron. Uh, and yeah. A lot of fun with that. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to that one, too. We've done some great cigars with that. And I think it's, like I said, it's been a... Uh, a a uh a very uh, unique concept. Baseball show. I gotta mention that one as well, because that was an- another one that organically came. Um, I don't remember the show number, okay, but we had a Bear, Bear and I discovered we both really love baseball. Loomis, this was a common bond, and I remember when Darren Dalton passed away. And I asked you, I said, Bear, you got to give me, like, give me 15 minutes. Please let me talk about Darren Dalton, right? I, I was, And you were gracious enough to do that. In fact, your son gave me a baseball card of his. I still have. Um, and, and then after that, we started hearing from people, hey, why don't you guys talk more baseball? Like, and that's how the baseball show came about afterwards. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, so, yeah, that was another one. But, again, that happened organically. I just asked you that because I think we were on the night he died. And I said, just give me 15 minutes on it. You were great about it. And you you added a lot to that that night. Yeah, I mean, I think the the baseball show in particular, what it's really great about that is we have we have people, in, and I, I say this tongue-in-cheek a little bit because of one of the panelists, and that's Aaron Lewis, but we have we have people that are very passionate about the game of baseball. Um, yeah. You know, 
it, it, you know, it's for us, it's very, I mean, even, I don't, I don't like speaking for Aaron, but I mean, for even for Aaron, I think it's, it, it, there's, there's a romanticism to it that we all have fallen in love with. It's the um, closest thing to him being passionate about something that yeah, I've seen. That he loves. <laughs> like the, Aaron, the, the, Aaron, the, yeah, Aaron doesn't yeah. hate everything. He loves baseball. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so we, yeah, yeah. So we, 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 we're trying to do two shows a year with it. Um, and we, we managed done the wrap to do, up we, season. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we managed to we managed to you know you know collaborate an entire panel without uh, a, a Yankees fan. So fuck yeah, we we rock. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we we were doing we, we kept this panel the same because it was such a good chemistry. But we added Ben on when Ben joined the team. Uh, Ben came on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robbie came on a little later, but Robbie was part of the original plan. And yeah. Robbie's got a World Series ring. Keep that in mind. Robbie's got a World Series ring. He's got he's very close to it. Um, so yeah, Robbie's come on to the that only as well. member of the panel that's employed by our major league baseball team. That's an, that's an important yep. noted distinction for Mr. Rasmussen. Yep. Yes. Yep. Um, and don't forget, you know, obviously Hector, Mr. Met, uh, and Miguel, Mr. Red. So, I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, the, you, you love having, and we've done some marathon shows, but every time I try to cut the show, it seems like it doesn't get cut. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, we, I mean, we started doing the entire fucking league. You know, like, hey, let's yeah, we had to cut that one down. We, yeah, we did. Um, I mean, the National League is heavily represented. The American League is is not, you know, but I'm I myself have always been crazy. Now, now it doesn't matter because, I mean, the reason I always love the National League, even though I'm an American League person because the Red Sox is I thought the National League was actually real baseball until they did away until they they brought the DH into both leagues. Then now it's like, well, fuck that shit. Yeah. Now, all you know, I was I was. I know I hate it. I hate it. Don't get me wrong though. The DH got us to the World Series last year with the Phillies. So, uh, so much for you know me piping about the the, the DH. So it has helped the Phillies enormously. Yeah. So I can't true. I can't deny that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I didn't like it. I liked having the two sets of rules. Yeah. But they become also bear. Those have been some of our most downloaded shows. Those baseball shows are, are really gotten a lot of numbers. Oh us. yeah, so, no, they've been great. They've been great. There's been so one, I think that's the fourth most downloaded show. Yeah, it's crazy. So, so we've gotten some good numbers with that. Yeah. So along that lines, oh, the other talk- one, Bear. Yeah. Can I can I mention one other one? Sure. Election Day show. Yeah. That's the other one we do once a year. We we do a show on Election Day. Uh, leave the politics at the door. We kind of just talk through the returns. Is what we do, and yeah. we build a show around that and. Lighter one this year because of the off-year election, but we have the big one coming up next year. So, yeah. And that came up because we had a guest on, Todd Nafee, and that concept was born on when Todd Nafee was – organically, again, when Todd Nafee was on the show. Yeah, we were going to We said, hey, let's, on. you want to come on, on the presidential show? Uh, then he unfortunately he couldn't make the show. He, was he got COVID. Yeah, um, man. Fuck COVID, dude. He got, guy got COVID. The guy got COVID, right. But we – Bear and I actually was test, test-drived the show a year before, so – yeah, we actually were already test driving that show, so we tried it out the year before, and we felt it would work. You know, I was really worried about that show, with the election show. Yeah, man. I mean, dude. I mean, like, listen. Uh, I mean, we're still away a year away from the, you know, the twenty twenty four presidential election, which I'm I'm sure will be highly con- uh, contentious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like it typically is. Um, but Coop, we success we successfully navigated the most controversial and contentious election in American yeah. history. We did, we did, and our audience was great about it. Uh, we've only had one pro- person who almost got kicked out. So, so, 
this time they will get kicked out. <laughs> this time, yeah, there's no second. There's no second chance. All right. And, so they argued why you shouldn't get kicked out. <laughs> so we we talked about the themes of special edition that were really important, but you did mention that we yeah. bring on guests. Yeah. So what was your favorite guest that we brought on? And I have one in particular that's very sentimental to me. Um, two, if I'm thinking, but I wanted to hear yours first. Favorite guest. Okay, and this isn't favorite person. We don't like trying to play favorites. You know, we look at all things in it. But, you know, sometimes there's a take or an episode where you're just like, damn, yeah, that was great. That was really great. So. Well, there's several. There's several. Um, oh, okay. Favorite guest. I have like four. Why don't you give me yours first? And then I can yeah, give you, I'll, I'll kind of go through. I mean, yeah. the most the most sentimental for me, Coop, and it's unfortunately the only person that you and I have talked to on either of our shows that's passed away. And that, of course, yeah, is Gabe, I know which one you're going with. Is Gabe Alvarez uh, at the time? Gabe Alvarez was our first Casa, guest Casa, on special. Yeah, yeah, he was our first guest on special yeah. edition Casa Cuevas. Yeah, and um. And man, what a what a gentleman, what a man! The yeah, guy, that guy did so much for me personally as well as professionally. Uh, we instantly developed a bond when he was with Coots Cigars. Yeah, you know, went to Maya Selva, then joined you know the you know the Cuevas family, and really brought that new company for the third time. He did it. For the third time in yeah. his career, he brought a company that was either a new or new to a mark newer to a market and really garnered national recognition and acclaim. And that's to say nothing of the representation that the dude. I mean, Coots did a good job of launching a brand. Myself has done amazing things internationally, but expanding into the American market is hard, as we've learned. And of course, the Cuevas family has done yeah. nothing but amazing things for decades. Decades in the cigar industry, but this was, this was a new brand and he, he brought it to market and, and gained some prominence, uh, helped gain it some prominence a lot along the way. So yeah, for me, uh, and unfortunately, uh, passed away far too young. And uh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, the anniversary of his death was actually not too, uh, not too many days ago. Um, Oh, very yeah, and it was about a week before his son's birth too, which is just tragic all around, man. But yeah, yeah for yeah. me, that was one of that was probably one of my favorite guests. Just personally, yeah, he was a great guest. Great, yeah. Oh, I remember when I told you the news because I heard the news and oh, I'm like, God. yeah, this is, this is heartbreaking. Or yeah, I was blown, blown. Yeah, you know, we had a we had a like we've had so many guests, right? You know, we had the Nick, but Nick Perdomo obviously is always going to be one. Yeah, Ernesto did our one year anniversary show. Um, but the one I'm going back to again, and it kind of fits into the theme we talked about earlier. Special edition eighty two, Cynthia Fuente. To me, mm-hmm. we uh, she's been on twice, and she came on in a in a pinch hit role, which we could talk about. But uh, you got to remember when we uh, that was uh, August eleventh, two thousand twenty. Um, we were starting to crack the Fuente. This again, we were starting to crack Fuente. We had really wanted to get, you know, start talking to the Fuentes. Um, 
and we were finally Cynthia was the first Fuente we had on. Mm-hmm. Um, that was before Jer- if you want to count Jeremiah, that was before Carlito, that was before Jeremiah. Um, it's before Liana, and uh, yeah, before before Liana, Liana was one hundred two. Um, but yeah, to me, uh, having her on, um, was amazing. We're long over. We've had her on once again after that. Uh, we're long overdue because she came on. Remember, she came on with Carlito and Jose when Liana had a, a a family issue. Um, but yeah, to me, it was probably Cynthia Fuente, for sure. Definitely, man. Yeah, she was yeah. great. She was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, she was amazing. She was amazing. Yeah, you know, Liana was a really good guest too. Um, and we, you know, we had a couple of times we wanted to get her on and, uh, she was a great guest. I mean, I, 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 she was so engaging and bubbly and it was just, uh, but very knowledgeable and just knew this industry and just had a lot to offer, you know, that night. It was a great, she was great as well. Yeah. Really fantastic. I mean, just, um, very much a surprise as well. Like it was just, uh, I think it, uh the direction that it went and it took us and, and everything. And, you know, Cynthia, Cynthia's story and Cynthia's interview for us was a lot different, you know? Yeah. Not better, not worse. I mean, they were fantastic, both of them. Different, but just different, different. different yeah. is the best. Yeah. 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 Cynthia's interview is one of nostalgia and history and recognition. Liana's was one of more family and passion and, you know, drive. Yeah. You know, to, yeah. To so I think that was what was really yeah. interesting about her. The yeah. Most. I mean, uh, we are long overdue to have Cynthia back on the show, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Long overdue. We have to, we have to work. I have to work on that for 2024. Yeah. Um, but she, she was an- unbelievable. So nice. And just so, you know, the queen uh, of cigars, the queen of cigars, man. She's the queen of The reason she's got that moniker. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yep. Yep. I might have stepped. We might have stepped on this earlier because we talked about the one that went off the rails for you. But what was the hardest special edition? The hardest show. I have another one. The hardest one we had. Oh uh, yeah, I was thinking about this one earlier as well. Um. Back on this one. For a guest, or for I would say it was probably a guest. No, just one. start a show. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, you can make it a guest. That's fine. Hardest in terms of prep, or hardest for the. Uh, okay, all I got these it. questions. Uh, it was Hank. It was Hanky Kellner and Eladio Diaz in the DR. Oh, your audio is completely gone out of whack. You sound like a chipmunk. Say something there. There, yeah, yeah, your audio is completely like you sound you have this area. Well bear is a uh, we have a little audio problem with that one. How about this? Am now you're now you're perfect. Now you're back, yeah. Now you're back. I don't know what yeah, happened. That was the one I had. Oh that was the one that, that was the yeah, one. Yeah. This was this was an absolute uh, challenge on every front possible. First of all, we did the show in the Dominican Republic and we pre-recorded it. 
Second of all, mm-hmm. we had we needed translation on this show. Third of all, there was a little bit. I don't want to get too much into this part, but there was a little bit of a disagreement what we were doing down there, um, in terms of the content and when what what how this was going to work. So um, we got that part straightened out. Let's put it like that. But it was a little, there was a little behind the scenes stuff going on there that that was a problem. But yeah, that was a very. I mean, and again, we we didn't know if we were going to go live that night that afternoon because we didn't know what the signal was going to be like. Uh, we had to set up like we had to set up a studio, makeshift studio and everything. It was, it was very, very hard, that show. But I think we have the only show with Hanky Kellner and Eladio Diaz ever done. If there maybe there's one other or two others, but we're one of the very, very few to have that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was really fantastic. And of course, of course, you mentioned the translation that we needed because Eladio doesn't uh, speak English mm-hmm. very well. So Klaus uh, comes in and so yeah, Klaus Peter Kellner did a great job. Yes, our translator. A, yep, and he was awesome. Yep, exactly. Um, we also like our, our even our equipment setup was very different back then. We were we were running these things off laptops. Now we have like you know the Ben Lee, the Ben Lee GoPro cams. Like we didn't have anything like that either. This was real. That was a really challenge. Probably the most challenging logistics show I ever had to do. Yeah. It was just it was, it was so much challenge, and and you know I was really stressed out. I mean, if you remember how stressed out I was, uh, Bear saw me at a, a stress out level that I don't think he ever saw, uh, as bad as I was that day. Yeah, yeah, man, it was. Um, but it came. But as I as I've often done over the years, Coop, I talked you off the ledge, as I have come to do. He talked me off the ledge. Uh. Yeah, there was a point I didn't know if that show was going to get pulled off. I'll even be honest with you. But I, I don't want to. I don't want to go into some of the laundry on that one. But but we did pull it off. Yes, everything was good in the end. Mm. Yeah, we did, man. We we did a great show. Yeah, um, great interview. Yep. yep. Really, um, some of the most unique questions that those two gentlemen have ever received. Um. Yep. A lot of good stuff. A lot of great stuff, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and Bear, I tell you, this was where Bear really shined because you talk about Bear kind of being able to wing it, not wing it, but, you know, you're a little more agile, let's say, than me. Mm-hmm. So you, I think you really came through on that well, yeah. I, I was so glad you were there for that one, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it, again, Cooper, this isn't to pat myself on the shoulder or, like, and me with, like, serious respect and stuff. It's, it's, I think it's, you know, it, we all have our strong suits, and I, I think that, like, yours comes in the form of prep, and also not just prep, but also just also just like an encyclopedic knowledge of topic. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, yes, you like your structure, but you're the one who puts the structure in place. And it's not like you're going and digging for shit. Like you're just running off of you're running off. A lot off of times like well, right. A lot of way we prep for the show is uh bear what I put the notes together. It's more structural. And then I said, Bear, go in there and just fill it in restructure or whatever you want to do and it's worked out really well um mm-hmm. i think with that yeah for sure especially yeah. when i've been late with the notes and you've been able to really come through late on that stuff and it's not unappreciated it's very much appreciated how you so so yeah i think it's worked out and i, I kind of work the same way with loomis as well so it works out well with that and dave dave we'll get to dave on jukebox that's a little different how we it's actually the opposite <laughs> um with, with that dave does the structure on jukebox but yeah good stuff all yeah. right you uh you've coined a phrase over the years and it's called the bear moment having a bear moment 
So, bear moment. Yeah, the best bear moment that you recognize on the show. Are we talking? Let's make sure we're clear on what you mean by bear moment, because I mean there may be a couple of definitions here. The way that right. I, so I just want to make sure I'm like clear. The, uh, the, uh, the 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 inner fanboy in me. That yes, okay, that's exactly how I had it. Um, the inner fanboy. Um. Oh, I this is an easy one. Um, uh, this is um sixty nine Nesta Miranda. I'm such a fanboy of that guy, right? That that's definitely one up there. Uh, where I'm just such a fan of that guy. Um, it's it's hard to it's hard not to just uh, you know and that you know you know how that interview started off when we asked him like uh, why he got into cigars it's with me chick you know yeah but to me uh, yeah that was one for sure that we had uh, a good fanboy moment um yeah that that would probably be the one I would I think stands out um. Trying to think of another one. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean that would probably be the one where again, because I'm the fanboy. If I'm just such a fanboy, Nestor, I love everything that guy does. Um, so I would I would say that one. Um, then maybe episode uh, special edition twenty nine was the uh. Or I'm sorry, 31, which was Ernesto Perez Creo Jr. But you had the fanboy moment in that one too. Yeah. So the Lito Gomez, Gomez episode too was really. Lito good. Gomez one was another one that came to mind as well. Uh he was really, really good. Uh obviously Nick Perdomo, Carlito, but I, I still think the Nestor one, um, because there's just something I love about that guy. Uh and I just love hearing his stories and it's not about talking about rapper buying the filler with him, you know, it's just, but yeah. So, I mean, I'm just in awe when I was hearing those stories from Nestor. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's get to our next fun segment, which is of course, uh, everybody eats sponsored by Pastania cigars. If you always make sure that your servant's towel is bigger than your appetite, everybody will always get theirs. Pastania cigars is more than just cool people. Uh, great more than just great cigars made by cool people. They they embody an attitude of gratitude and grit. With Pastania, everybody eats. Everybody so Coop, eats. Yep, everybody eats. So Coop, Thanksgiving's coming up. So I know you're not the cook in the house. So I won't nope. ask you a cooking question. But no. Nope. Um, what is in your mind? What is your favorite Thanksgiving memory? Was it when you were younger at your parents' table? Was it something when Mrs. Cooper made where maybe when the kids were younger? Maybe a recent one? But what's your favorite Thanksgiving memory? It it was at my grandparents' house. Um, um and you know, we had Thanksgiving at my father's parent at my father's my grandfather's. He was actually remarried by this point. Um, and we were watching, um, the Dallas Cowboy Houston Oilers game. And, and, uh, I kind of was made to, I kind of felt for the first time I was treated like an adult. 
uh, with that, you know, kind of watching that game with them, um, you know, and I had picked the Oilers because I still hated the Cowboys back then. Um, but, we, you know, I was kind of brought into the fold at that point. I want to say I was about 11 or so. Um, but I really felt like that was I was treated like an adult. I wasn't at the kids table or anything like that. I was with the guys watching the football and it was just a very, very cool moment. Um, we were watching the game in the spare bedroom and uh, it was just it was just it was just beautiful. Uh, my father actually wasn't a big football fan, but he was a part of that as well. Um, but my grandfather was a huge football fan. My uncle, my father's brother, was a huge football fan. And uh, they had uh, my grandfather's wife had some family there as well. So it was just it was that moment. I, I said I think it was 70. I want to say it was 79. It was. Yeah, I don't remember the exact, but that was the one for sure. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And the turkey was unbelievable that night. I just remember that, too. Uh, they brought kosher turkey and everything, which was how we did it then. Yeah. Hmm. So that was, without a doubt, my favorite one. Um, my, my, my other one, I'll just say more recent, was my daughter tends to do Thanksgiving. Uh, the first year they got married, we went down there for Thanksgiving. They oh, were in nice. Columbia. Uh, that was probably the other one, yeah. And we're going there this year as well. We we Thanksgiving is – my daughter's taken over Thanksgiving the last few years. Nice. What's your favorite yeah. Thanksgiving dish? It's turkey. It's the turkey? Hands down. Yeah. It's still the turkey, yeah. When, it, dude, but, la- when it's made well, it's fantastic. Last year was the best turkey I've ever made. Hands down. Fucking best turkey I've ever dry, made. It's dry, it, it, there's nothing worse when that turkey is dry, though. I got to agree with yeah. that. Um, But now Beef Wellington, and I think I was talking about this on KMA, Beef Wellington's become my daughter's other dish that she makes. Uh. And that that I remember that that's become a tradition. She's, my daughter's very big on tradi- family tradition, so that's now a tradition that we have beef Wellington as well. Nice, nice, yeah, fantastic. My daughter's probably a better cook than my wife, and she'll my wife will admit that it's not anything. My daughter's really good, yeah. Yes, and that's no yeah. I was gonna say that's no slack on Mrs. Cooper. She can she can rock a meal. That's no slack on her. I mean, it, this is like if my wife's a, a nine in that, my my daughter's a nine and a half is what I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Well, that was our Everybody Eats segment sponsored by Postania Cigars. If it's always if you always make sure that your servant's towel is bigger than your appetite, everybody will always get theirs. Postania Cigars is more than just great cigars made by cool people. They embody an attitude of gratitude and grit with Postania. Everybody eats. Everybody eats for Thanksgiving. Goose. Yeah, I wonder what those guys are gonna eat for Thanksgiving. Yeah, cereal, probably for Mike. Cereal? No, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wonder. What, I wonder. I wonder what Thanksgiving is like at the Palmer House. I know he's not. I would love to see that. Yeah, yeah. Stephen, I, I think. Like, I think. I think Hustler Mike can put. I bet. I bet. I bet Brittany and him rock a great meal. I bet they do. I can see Who that. Do you, if you got invited. If you wanted an invite from someone in the cigar industry for Thanksgiving dinner, who do you want to get invited by? John Carney. I, I this, said Rafael had, Nadal, but John yeah, Carney. Yeah, we had this discussion the other night. Yeah. We did. Well, we had this about, yeah, who would cater the PCA, right? Yeah. And it's the same names that come up, right? It's funny. Yeah, I'd go Raphael. But yeah, no, I agree. John Carney would uh, be another great one. You know, John now Carney famously bad. served me. Hawk steaks on uh, Lent, <laughs> and yes. I broke Lent. <laughs> you broke Lent. The only time you've only done it. it. I broke Lent. I he, my wife's like, you gotta eat. <laughs> I broke Lent. Yeah, he didn't know that till months later. Yeah, 
He, he, he served with these incredible tomahawks, and I couldn't eat them because of Lent, and I tried to hide. He brought them over to me. <laughs> now the now the uh, the menu at the Carney House is even more well de- refined because uh, his wife's a vegetarian, and so I mean, so he's uh, look, and that he, has, he, he and he's so creative with that. Yeah, I know, yeah. man. That's the thing, man. That's the thing. It's just incredibly well balanced. I'm not anti. By the way, I'm not anti vegan. I'm not anti vegan as long as no one imposes it on me. I think it's another avenue of some great food. So uh, yeah, I know I hear sure. people like you know bash the vegans. As long as they're not imposing on what I can eat, like I'm, I want to try some. I think that I've got some very good vegan dishes. So yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely, man. There's some, there's some great vegan stuff out there. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, but give me a steak all day long. I mean, just saying. But yeah, for sure. Oh uh, yeah, cool. we'll be following the yeah, yeah. So speaking of the Carney Nodal discussion, uh, the last special edition thing that I'll mention, dude. I've gotten some chatter about. What probably was our biggest disagreement, and it was in our last episode when we, when we did the election show and we had that rapid fire segment afterwards. So it was like, uh-huh. all right, so the Oveja Negra brands, James Brown, sells off one of the three, Black Label, Black Works, Emilio, which one do you buy? Right. And uh, I was like, right. uh, no hesitation. I was like, Black Works. And, and I said Emilio. And with, yeah, with and you and I had a comical lengthy deliberate deliberation yeah. and debate over how you were wrong, by the way, I still want to point that out. Um, but yeah, that was probably, I, I, I thought wrong. about this. I thought about this. Could we, we've disagreed over the years. That probably was, that was probably the most passionate debate we've ever had. Yeah, it was. We were coming at it from two completely different angles. And Oh, by the way, I didn't think you were wrong. I mean, don't, this was not a, I, I took it from a business point of view. Yeah, like I said, I think there was. Yeah, I was just like, wow. I think there's just a lot of potential with this brand. I guess. Yeah, man, that was so. Yeah, that was that was a, big, a lot that of fun. Was a big, that was a, it was fun. It was all good spirit. Like yeah. there was no like bloodshed or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, it was interesting because like I said uh, you was like because I remember how it started off you're like anything but Emilio and you and like then like, I I kind of played and you said don't tell me you picked Emilio and I'm like I did. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe it, man. I yeah. still can't believe it. That was that was comical. <laughs> but yeah, man, yeah. I've gotten some comments on it. I don't know if you've gotten any feedback about it, but I I, I haven't. Uh, what have you heard? Like people said, I'm crazy. No, no, not even about our stance. It's just like how how like adamantly opposed we were to each other's viewpoint. Oh and no, it, I haven't gotten it, that. But yeah, and again, I mean, it was all in good fun, so it wasn't like it. Yeah. You know, and I I think I look back on that. You know, even though it was just a couple weeks ago, Coop, I look back on that. And think, man, God, wouldn't it be fucking great if this world could do that? If we could have spirited debate and discussion without yeah. without feelings getting hurt, you know? Because right, like, I still right. maintain I, you're wrong, like, like, and, and I still, yeah, and I still maintain I'm right. I'm still in. Yeah, so it's. I think it's. I think it's. It, it was. It, it was a healthy representation of what it, what debate can be in this country. It, here was what was really interesting about that, right? So we, I talked at the beginning how I didn't want our shows to be recreating what's in a lounge. Right? I wanted to recreate this like duo on doing the sports radio, going at it as hard as you can, right? And Mike and the Mad Dog. And I felt that was like a Mike and the Mad Dog moment. But I also thought that was something that could have been a discussion in a lounge or easy too. Oh, but, yeah. You know, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of Mike and the Mad Dog arguing about the need for a Yankee stadium. Uh, and Francesca was arguing for the new stadium, and 
dog was against it. And uh, I'll just say years later, Francesca admitted dog was right. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, Well, I look forward to that moment. Cooper. Yeah. With that kind of moment, that was a go. Yeah, that was a go. I got some feedback on the, um, the whole Mike Palmer thing as well. Uh, the hustle guys put something out there as well on it. And, um, uh, but yeah, that, I mean, I expected that. So, I mean, there's people, a couple of people messaged me saying, uh, like in a couple of the shows we've done since then, uh, Hey, Mike Palmer, did you hear Mike Palmer's the director of social media. Like, you know, just, so people are trying to like kind of ping me with that one too. Yeah. Uh, that, that was the other one we disagreed on. Uh, but you gave an honest answer on that, which was great. Yeah. That's what's great. You gave an honest answer, which was, you know, I give you credit on that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I think that's what works for our partnership too. And I would, I'll even yeah. throw Loomis, Ben, you know, Nielsen, you know, in it, like we, there are things, there are cigars we disagree on. There are, yeah. um, you know, there are topics we disagree on. There's themes that we disagree on. And I, I, again, I think it's a healthy representation of what, what, yeah, what discourse can be, you know, uh, I, I, and I think it's a yeah. testament to our, like our friendship and our partnership too. Like, I think that's, I think that goes all encompassed. Yeah. That's what, that's what it's all about. Yeah. And, and the fact that we don't, uh, we've never come off on a show where even if we disagreed and there's never been blood and it's, never even an afterthought as far as friendship goes. Mm -hmm. uh, ben and I have disagreed on some stuff and uh, Nielsen as well. And Loomis and I have disagreed. Loomis and I have disagreed on quite a few things too. So, right. Uh, but it's never once, uh, yeah, it's never once, um, you know, been a problem. For sure. So getting yeah. into a couple of these other shows that we've done, Coop, or you've done rather, and in, in, uh -huh. in, in creation of, uh -huh. of, of this, of the coalition, so to speak. And all these episodes yeah. and all these takes. Jukebox. Now, now this was an interesting, like, I want to yes. give respect to Dave Burke, who, uh, who's the member of the coalition yep. team that, you know, for, for the sake of geography, doesn't get often as mentioned uh, because he's very limited in the kiss. Yeah. Cause he's in Australia. Yeah. If and you were here, in the, United States, it's the other time of the day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think it'd be Man, if Dave ever moved back to the states, man, we would, we would be freaking well, you know, balling. When he came to, we came to the states. He came to the states last year, but he was so. I mean, he's got so many people pulling at him, right? I did go to see him and everything, and we 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 decided. Look, Dave and I had never met each other to do a show. It was going to take away from the personal time, so we opted not to do a show when he came to the states. Yeah. Um, that may change next time around when he comes through. I, so, but he's not coming in the winter anymore. He says, so that's, what's good news. So, so yeah, he, he is a, a very important part of the sh of our team. Yes. So I picked a couple of moments in jukebox history, you know, like this is not just the, the, yeah. the show that Dave created this. I'm looking at it as the combined effort, you know, of when you took over the brand right, and kind of, uh, brought it over. Um, yeah, but the, for me, and you can disagree with this. I think the quintessential iconic moment for that show, because it's done so much for our brand as well as the coalition for a lot of reasons, but the quintessential moment has to be the Rick Nielsen interview. Right? Episode nine. Episode nine. Uh, and it started because Aaron Nielsen was tuned into our show on special edition. And I don't know how it came up, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, man. Maybe. He's like, yeah, my dad's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Fame came up with something. I'm like, who are you? 
And he's like, oh, my dad's Rick Nielsen. So what happened was I, I said, Dave, let's just get this guy on, right? Um, I, I talked to Aaron. I said, Dave, let's get this guy on um, and talk about his father. And, and, and so we went back to Aaron with the idea. He's like, well, what if I got my father? And again, it was pandemic time, right? So we had a very short window to bring him on. Uh, and we brought him on May 4th, 2020. Um, and we're talking to a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Um, very nervous the, for that show. One of the best uh, guitarists he, of uh, of the rock and roll era, man. I the mean, five, the yeah, the five, the five, uh, the five neck guitar. I mean, uh, who's a cigar guy? He was a cigar guy as well. Yeah. And it, it there were so it, there were a couple of things that came out of that show were very important. Uh, number one is obviously we 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 get Rick Nielsen on when we played that show. The Treep Kip community was so supportive. They loved the interview. Like, I was worried how they would respond to that interview, being cigar guys and everything. They loved the interview. The other thing that came out with this is Aaron Nielsen could do a show pretty good. So I went back to you guys and I said, hey, we need a guy for PC. We need another guy for PCA. Let me see if this guy wants to go and he can help us out however he can. And then we just kind of recruited him and drafted him into the show. So he's kind of like Aaron's our utility guy. He just came on uh, primetime last Thursday. Uh, so it was very important. That was very important. It, it gave us a lot of credibility very early on with Jukebox. Uh, in the music world and, and in the cigar world, we were really able to introduce Aaron as a member, a full-fledged member of our team as well uh, going forward. Yeah, I'm still working on an interview for someone in the music world for my show. Uh, and you know, Aaron doesn't know the guy, neither does Rick for that matter. But um, but he gave me a lead that that eventually led to yeah. a point of contact. So if it happens, it's gonna happen because of Aaron. So okay, so. good. That's good. Good. Aaron's got connection. I mean, Aaron just said the other night his dad's going to um, his dad's going to spending Thanksgiving in Europe with Sting and Stephen Van Zant. They're going to be going go. around Europe. I mean, Sting and Steven Van Zandt. I mean, little Steven. That's a big deal. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I guessed it on the show, too. Uh, it's my it's my only guest appearance on this version of Jukebox. I appear. Yeah. You're, yeah. We, we may draft you for Neil Diamond, by the way. Yeah, we may draft you for Neil Diamond, just so you know. Okay. But uh, we did the yeah. uh, Little Richard Memorial show. Which was uh, for me seventeen. Yep. Yeah, for me it was a lot of a lot of fun, um, and a great way of looking back at you know. You brought a lot of credibility because you knew. Yeah, you brought a lot of credibility with him on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, for for the for the in time of my life, for the entirety of my life, I, I feel like I was a little Richard fan, and uh, and when he passed, it was yeah. a, it was really sad for me personally, but. Um, the uh, the impact that he's had on the music world and on rock and roll specifically, I think, was merited an uh-huh. entire show. And I really appreciate it. it was my idea. I, I approached you about it and you guys have absolutely yeah. and you humored me yeah. on it. And uh, and for that, I'm really grateful because it was it was a fantastic experience. Yep. What's the biggest disagreement? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So we talked about disagreements, uh, you and I. What's the biggest disagreement that you and Dave have had on Jukebox? Whether it be about an artist as far as or the song, you know, you know, uh, the way you guys did rankings, like.
what's the biggest disagreement you guys have had? I think it may be, and this never got into a, a war, but Dave Dave really gets behind these newer artists sometimes. And I just think they haven't paid their dues yet sometimes. I know we had this, like, I know we had an argument over, like, not argument, but a difference of opinion on Olivia Rodrigo. Um, So Olivia Rodrigo, and, and I completely disagreed that she was getting nominated for Grammys and stuff like that. But I've actually changed on Olivia Rodrigo, what I've seen since then. Um... We disagreed on a bunch of stuff when we did the Rolling Stone Top 500 uh, shows. We did 10 shows on the Rolling Stone Top 500, 50 songs on each show. Uh, we definitely disagreed on, on, on that one as well. So that was um, that was definitely one. I think we, we disagreed on, on several songs on that one for sure. Um, but there's been a couple of areas where... Dave, I've kind of been able to convince Dave on something, and he's kind of been able to convince me on something. Um, so, for example, I pushed Dave to start listening to more disco because Dave, a lot of the things that Dave stands for were really supportive of the disco artists, uh, female artists, minority artists, um, LGBT. I mean, the disco community was very open to that, and I don't think Dave realized that. Uh, so I think I got Dave a little out of the comfort zone. With me, it wasn't just Olivia Rodrigo. He wanted to do a Taylor Swift show, right? And he convinced his Seth like, to do this Taylor Swift show. So they come to me on this, and I'm like, well, look, I don't – Dave's got creative, full creative control on the jukebox, right? If he wants to do it, we're going to do it. And I'm like, this is going to be a freaking bomb, right? It turns out to be one of our best shows. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we've been able to do that for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we've disagreed. You know what we dis we we were disagreeing a little on some of the Rolling Stone, the new Rolling Stone songs too, but not heavily as much as. Uh, he hates one of those new songs. I don't hate it as much. Yeah, that's another one. For sure. So moving on to Roundtable. Now this is one. This is the newest element to the Cigar Coop brand. Yep. Uh, and Cigar Coop Coalition. Yep. Now obviously Ben is done numerous reviews at this point and done a fantastic job of building that brand yep. under our umbrella. Uh, but yep. we came up with this concept of the round table and it was Ben's like he wanted to be able to it was Ben who came up with it. Yeah. Yeah. To bring in guests uh, or, you know, flop in panelists and stuff like that. You know, for example, like if yep. I couldn't make one, the three of you guys would do one, et cetera. Right. So, so far, so, right. so far we've done, you know, mostly all of us. And then, yeah, I think I missed one. I missed the, the Tatawahe monster one. I think yeah. I missed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's been your favorite thus far? Your favorite round table? Favorite round table. Oh, I had this one written down. Give me a second here. Um, let me put my notes here. Cause it was one where we actually disagreed on the cigar somewhat. Um, Had my list here. Bear with me a second. Uh, bear with me. Which was there was one that we disagreed on. I had it written down too. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I brain farted here. Um, 
wasn't was it Cuba Aliados? Um, was it Cuba Aliados? No, because we agreed on that one. Which was the one we were the furthest apart on? Uh, Fine and rare. Might have been Winter Collection or um, or the CLE PCA, PCA exclusive. It was a CLE PCA one. That was Rower PCA. Uh, that was on number five. That was definitely the one I thought that was really good. Well, we really, I kind of had a very different opinion than you guys had on that. Yeah. So, yeah, it was that one. That was the one for sure. Um, yeah, I would say that one. Um, we just had a lot of Kazo, we were, we were not as far apart on, but we, but I was definitely negative on the Aurora PCA one. Uh, I was a lot more negative on the whole PCA concept, right? I was the most negative on the whole piece, like PCA exclusive concept. I was so on top of it, I didn't like the cigar, right? So, that was. Uh, that was probably that was the one for sure. Yeah, it was definitely that one. Uh, where we di- where we disagreed on with that one. Where where do you see this show going? You know, like recently we had, and we're going to do it to- again tomorrow. We had Fred Rui guest in the latest one. He's coming back for yeah. a second installment of the Aura by EP Korea. What where do you see the future of this show, personally? You know, um, it's Ben's call. However, the direction of this wants to go, it's his right, direction, no, right? No, yeah, this um, is your your choice or right, your right. vision. Ben, this is what your interpretation of where you think it's going. Yeah, I, I think what I'd like to get this back on a once a month thing, right? I think we have to, it's just, and it's been hard to do with everyone's schedule. It's no one's fault here. Um, so I think that's that's the one to do it. Um, I think the other thing what I really would like to see with this is. Possibly, we you were talking about. You know, what's the word I'm looking for? I would maybe like to see us kind of go where we kind of recap maybe some cigars that we like enjoyed, you know, and uh, and we each smoke a different cigar, maybe something like that. But we're kind of doing that already with the aura. Right, the Aura EP Corral. So we're already doing that, right? So I kind of like to see more of that, right? Where we maybe take a line, uh, like I'll give you a great example, um, the Perdomo one, right? We each pick a different blend with the Perdomo 30th, and we we smoke that one. We we kind of do it in parallel with that, where we're kind of again kind of covering more ground with that than, uh, maybe uh, we, you know, so choose. Um, we here's a really easy one to do. Like if we have four of us, right? We do Padron 1926. Um and and 1964 Maduro Natural, so we kind of do we could do, do something like that. So, but I I like the format we're doing with it. The other thing I'd like to really see is what you guys have been doing. Um, not necessarily roundtable, right? But the the collaborative things that you guys have been doing lately. Mm-hmm. Uh where the it's 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 simulcast on Eloso Fumar. But then it becomes uh, smoking syndicate con. It's not really roundtable, but I like that collaborative format a lot. Yeah, I think it works yeah. really well. Yeah, yeah, those are yeah. So that's not really roundtable. That's more smoking syndicate. Yeah, but again, that's all Ben's call on that. I don't think the formula we need to change all that much with roundtable because I think it works well. Ben came up with the concept of we we go on Facebook Live. You can watch everything, right? Uh, and then he builds a condensed format for YouTube. But the mm-hmm. Facebook thing's still out there if you want to watch the longer thing. And that's where Bear puts in a lot of the questions and everything. 
on that. Yeah. So I, I think, like I said, I don't think it's broken. Uh, it's just been a little more challenging to get everyone together. It's been, especially this year. Uh, there's been pers- everyone's had personal things go on, travel, uh, weather, uh, illness. Like we've had a lot this year with that. So, uh, uh, and and oh, the other thing is I'd like to bring on the guest, the guest smoker. Yeah. So I would Fred's coming back on because the story I was in the DR Fred, and um, we talked about it, and I he said, hey, can I hit you up for one of those cigars? Uh, I said, hey, I'll send you a couple. And I, hey, would you want to come on a roundtable? Because we were planning on doing a roundtable with this. And he was like, I'm in. So I'd like to see more of that as well. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny. Like, there's a couple of guys uh, that love talking about their brands or the brands they represent or work for. Um, yep. But they also are just freaking just love cigars and love to nerd out about, you know, Fred's one of those guys, you know. And it's tough uh, because you, not everyone can do that, right? They have company. Yeah. You know, they have to work the company on. We were, we were able to get Fred with that. Justin Andrews is another. You know, he 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 loves talking about cigars. Justin Andrews. Yeah. I think like, that I was would... thinking with Justin, like maybe we pick like an AJ Dorado or do something like that with him. You know what I mean? Something, you know, something, yes. yeah, like that. Yeah. Something Justin in his wheelhouse, but yeah, necessarily STG or maybe STG. Yeah. I mean, it'd be. Uh... <laughs> I think Hustler Mike would be great at it too. <laughs> yeah. No, I think so too. Um, I think Hustle and Mike would be really good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's uh, I don't is I mean, there's a lot of other guys that that smoke a lot of stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's just we have we'd have to look at that too. I know some people who smoke other stuff may not want to do the show. There's a few people I have in mind that I know wouldn't do the show, but you know, but they I know they smoke other stuff. Uh, Bradley Rubin would be an, a great one. Mm-hmm. Yes, or Bradley even or smoke Al- every Alec. Reason. Yeah, Alex. I don't yeah, know, but I, yeah, Alec. Yeah, but I again, I have to kind of feel that one out because not. I don't want to put them on the spot. If hey, maybe that's just something that their parent company doesn't want them doing. You know, so I got to be a little careful with that too. Well, we got to be sure. careful with that. For sure. Um. So yeah. our next segment, which is brought to you before we get into LLS Fumar Takes, brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Refuge is more than just a physical place. It can be a state of mind. Some of life's greatest reflections can be found in our own personal asylum. Moments like these were made for Asylum Cigars. So light up an asylum and choose your refuge. Now, Coop, you know the you know the theme of this, this particular segment. Yeah. Uh, but I yep. decided to change it up a little bit. And okay. this, I know we've done this a couple of times. Different, yeah. Yeah. This roster uh, that I'm about to ask you to go through and pick is deep. So, okay. I apologize for putting you on the spot, but I think I think it warrants it considering no, the theme no of tonight's show. So normally this is what it you know normally this is a cigar like what you know when you were by yourself. What was that moment about? Yep. Things like that. So the Red Rocks moment for me, yeah, stuff yeah. like that, yeah. So, but I wanted to change it up because of the theme of tonight's show. What's some, what's one or some of your favorite cigars that you've smoked on any of your shows? Primetime, primetime special edition, jukebox, even roundtable. Yeah. It's a deep roster, I understand. Wait it's a deep roster. I'm not going to count this Perdomo 30th because I just smoked them, but they would be on there because they were very, these are the first time, like, but I, you know, Thursday night, like, again, last show I smoked, the, the it was memorable because I smoked the first Perdomo 30th I 
ever had, which was the sun grown. So, uh, that was a first moment there. Um, I know it was very, very key on Roundtable when we smoked the Alec Bradley Fine and Rare. Um, because I was, Ben and I was so high on that cigar. I mean, we, Ben didn't do a list, but he felt that was the best cigar from last year. I felt it was the best cigar from last year. You guys seemed to come into the fold with that one. So that was, that was a very, very special moment. Um, as far, as far as that goes, um, that's one that I would say, you know, um, is one for the, uh, the archives for sure. Um, Well, you're asking me to pick like my favorite children here. Like, uh, yeah, I know, man. It's uh, a tough, like I said, it's a tall order. Tall. You know, um, I'll go back. Um, some good ones here. I'm 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 zoning out a bit on this one, but but I I can tell you, um, I'll go back again. Episode one, we obviously spoke the number one cigar of the year, uh, which was the Crux the Connoisseur, uh, number two. So that that I got to put that one on there as well, um. Manuel and Noah, um, I smoked my all-time favorite cigar, Lugaro uh, and Cien Años Maduro, cigar of the decade. Um, you know, to have it smoke it with the guy who created that cigar, which is, you know, it's my favorite cigar, Desert Island cigar of all time. And, oh, how can I forget this one? The Monte Cristo 1935, we smoked that one with Rafael Nodal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were we were going in blind smoking that, but we were one of the first people to really get to try that cigar, uh, and it was so good, right? It was so yeah, good, so and good. you know, Raphael was a nervous wreck with that one. So that's another one that I would definitely put on that on that list for sure, um, because it was like I said, it was one of those very special moments that um, that uh, you know, I I definitely you know you definitely don't want to forget that one either. So I would put that one on there. Um, more recently, uh, when um, more recently, would have guessed. Um, Oh, um, we smoked something with Omar once. What would he? What did we smoke with Omar? Something really good we smoked with Omar. I just don't remember what the cigar was now. Certainly not the one that uh, where you got where you were sick. No, no, that's yeah, that one wouldn't count uh either because that was um 
Yeah, that I, mean, I don't even know if you. I don't even know if you smoked that night. To be honest, I can't remember. Uh, I don't. I think I did smoke that night. Uh, no, I didn't smoke that. Night. I stopped smoking at that point, uh, for sure. So, um, Rafael, I think Rafael Nadal, Manuel and Noah uh, were the two big ones. Um, yeah, I would say those are the ones. That's my list there. Um, that would probably be my list. Uh, you know another. You know what other good ones? Um, the recent football cigar with John Carney was really good. Yeah. Uh, really, really enjoyed that cigar. I thought that was a tremendous cigar that we did. Um, I know there's one other that will come to mind. Um. So we, I didn't smoke. I no, I think I did smoke the Corral Reserva with Husto on episode sixty-four. Yeah, so that would probably be the other one I would say. So yeah, those, those would probably be the one the people I would say. Yes, that was a curveball for sure. Sorry about that. Sorry about no, the, the no, the curveball segment's coming up, so that's cool. Oh, uh, yeah, but yeah, that was <laughs> that was our uh, segment, which is always... oh oh. One more, yes. one more. Yeah. Robert Holt, when we smoked, when we smoked the uh, Desert Rose, the Desert Rose. That's another yeah. one that was a really yeah. great moment that night, and that's a great cigar. Yeah, yeah. That that one has to be on it. Yeah, that's the other one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, man. The uh, really fantastic. Um, it really was, really was. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the uh, Macanudo uh, Flint Knoll. That was a really oh, that, that that was, was a, a mean, fun, that's, fun, fun experience. I and here, okay, so that was one it was a round table. Uh and what happened is, to be honest, like Bear Bear came to us and wanted to like we rotate who picks the cigar. So Bear picked this one, right? Now I, I had smoked another size of it. I was a I was like, ah, do we do want to do this one? And uh then they sent us the Churchill size and we said, let's do it. You know, we'll be fair about it. And that Churchill was amazing. Yeah. Uh, don't be surprised if it's pretty high on a coupe list this year. Yeah. So that was earlier this year we did that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, as always, Coop, this was our Asylum Moment brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Refuge is more than just a physical place. It could be a state of mind. Some of life's greatest reflections can be found in our own personal asylum. Moments like these were made for Asylum Cigars. So light up an asylum and choose your refuge. Speed hold, it, hold it, hold it, hold it. We got, I got one. Asylum 7 we smoked. Yeah. How can I – Asylum 7 should be on that list as well with Tom. Yes. Yeah. We were in love with that cigar. Yes. We smoked Asylum 7 as well with Tom. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. go ahead. I didn't need to go. Yeah, I, oh, I no, it's one. all good. So, yeah, no, speaking yeah. of Asylum moments, uh, you had a, a beautiful Asylum moment yesterday posting that, yeah. uh, posting that review for the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, then normally – I don't a review cycle doesn't go out that quick, but like I said, this was a one smoke. It was only one smoke that was done. A lot of the background info was already written, so I I got that review out today. Mm-hmm. Normally, I don't smoke a cigar, and the review doesn't usually go out the next day. It goes out a few weeks later, but I I uh for scheduling reasons, I put it out today. Yep. Uh, because I had most of it written and the proofreading, and my wife when I, my wife does a proofreading. We were going out today, so that's why it worked with that. Great. Yep. All right. Well, 
last uh, last topic and then last question, Coop, which is okay. Los Fumar takes. Yep. So a couple of categories I picked for myself. The longest show that we did. I, everyone always makes fun of the length of these shows, right? So yeah. um, longest show that I ever did was four hours, nine minutes, and 21 seconds. Right. Which pales in comparison to the 24-hour show by your professor, by the way. And I think it was the 14-hour show that uh, that uh, that Aaron had did during. Yeah, um, Pete did one that was like almost like that broke the Aaron record, I think. Yeah. And then, then Meet the Professor broke Pete's record. Yeah. Pete went like 15 hours once one day with his. Pete Johnson. Yeah. So, um, but take this was take 157. It was a pairing show with Trip Waldrop and Dennis Fang. Had them on for a couple of couple of these, um, but this was by far our longest show. But there's actually a, there's actually a cigar coop twist to this. Uh, coop, you have a specific memory from this take that I thought was really funny for those who haven't, who haven't heard the story. Was this was the this was the summer of 2020? This show, right? Correct. Okay, so yes, I had a take on this. Um, so Barry shows on late, right? Oh. A lot of times, some some weeks I I tune in live, uh, some weeks I don't. Okay, and I watch the replay. Um, I happen to have to get up very early the next morning. Um, to take my son Peter, um, to go get a U-Haul truck, and we were under a very. We had to go get this thing like really early, um load up load up this get him up to Boone and then I had to take the truck back because I had some other thing doing so we were on a very early schedule so long story short uh before that I couldn't fall asleep right so I just uh I I started tuning into the show at, at 10 30. Bear starts the show at 10 8 trip and Dennis are on I think I watched about 40 45 minutes I go to sleep right um I get up, okay, and it's 3 a.m. I get up, and uh, I actually still have the computer just going in the in the in the studio in the garage, right? So the computer's still on. I come into the garage because I really didn't turn it. I I, I just want to put it away, and these guys are still on the air at 3 a.m. Yep, they were still, and, I, and I'm like, holy cow! I and I, so I I went for a second. And I'm like, I looked, I'm like, maybe, yeah, you know, the show pause, maybe it's a replay that's playing. No, they were still going at three in the morning. Uh, They were literally, it was maybe a few minutes before three, that's what I'll say. But but you guys were still going. I couldn't believe it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, holy, because you guys did three pairings that night. Mm -hmm. So so they actually smoked three cigars on the show. So think about this. That's a long show. And um, I come in, I'm like, my God, they're still going at it. Uh, and I'm laughing because you remember also Fumar Takes uh, had a very different start. It was meant to be a short 20-minute show. Yes. That's how, that's how you started that out, right? It mm -hmm. evolved and it becomes something different. But like now he's like at the four-hour mark. I'm like, holy cow, like, I couldn't believe it. And these guys were still like – everyone was still like going. It was amazing. Trip, see, now Trip was in, in Oregon, so it wasn't quite as bad for him. Like, but you were still two a.m. Dennis, it was three a.m. too. So, so yeah, uh, I was. That was. I, I'll never forget that. Uh, and I think when we got in the, I said I took my phone in the car. Uh, like when Peter and I had to go pick up the U-Haul, 
and I was still had this thing on. I still had it on my phone at that point. And, and by the time we got to the U-Haul place, uh, and that was a whole, we had to go, you know, they had, a, we had to go get like, uh, there was like a lock box and stuff we had to do. It was crazy to get that thing at that hour. Cause they weren't open either. But I remember, I remember that night vividly. A classic moment. For sure. So, um, the biggest surprise for, for, for you, Coop, what, what, what show did I do? Cause I know there's been a couple. What show did like that took you by surprise? Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you a selfish answer first, right? I think it was the interview that you did with Loomis and I, okay? Yeah. The first one. 99, man. And we got to tell the 99, right? And we told the whole story of leaving where we were and coming to where we were. And we had never documented that story before to the detail like that we did. So we talked about how we each left our previous shows or our previous brands and got to that point. And we went through the whole history of that. So that was a very, very uh, surprising show because afterwards I realized I had this documented uh, as good as it was. And it was something permanent. Like I can always go back to and really, you know, kind of take it in that the story was told it's kind of like and it's preserved out there mm -hmm. um and it's kind of an interesting because when i go i go back and watch that show sometimes to get my facts even straight to make sure i had all my sites so i think that one for sure um as far as guests the two alan rubin interviews you did the two you did two interviews with him the mm -hmm. first one and that was... second one yeah, take one forty-eight. Yeah, take one forty-eight and take two thirty-seven. Yeah, because again, I always say that Bear brings in the human side of the cigar industry, and that one forty-eight one was was gold. I mean, it was just like wow. I mean, this was like we had you know you and I had already interviewed. I don't know if we had interviewed. I know Aaron and I had interviewed Alan already, but again, it was gold um because now alan had done a few of these interviews and bear brings out this whole other side of him as well mm -hmm. um i'll also say the time you had matt booth on because you got matt booth to have a serious discussion a serious the conversation first time he came on yeah right now the second alan rubin interview was different yeah take because... two or uh take can two, i tell this? yeah can please. i tell it absolutely can I tell? Okay. So the story of this goes, I give Alec Bradley fine and rare number one cigar of the year. I get a phone call that afternoon or it was the next day. I forget what it was. And I basically said, they told me, uh, you're going to be the first one to uh, give a number one cigar of the year and the company's going to get sold. Now, I know you said it was dissident, right? But dissident yeah. sold a few weeks before you gave it was the difference. Correct. Okay, but but technically, you want to say dissident was the other one, right? Where you know you had you were gonna give it. Uh, it was just more of a timing thing, and I get this thing saying, "Well, it's gonna be, it's gonna be the company now." Very reliable source. Okay, so I go to Bear, and I'm like, "Bear, this is what I'm hearing." Okay, reliable source, right? I don't know if there's truth to it, but Alan's doing your show, but you can't ask him this, right? So, do what you want with this, right? But you kind of what you did, you were brilliant. Bear kind of 
gave Allen every opportunity to say, well, to try to get him, to, you know, back into that. And Allen played poker like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Uh, good interview. Really good interview. Don't get me wrong. This is this yeah. wasn't a knock. But I, like, and I came at it. I'm like, he ain't selling this company, right? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, he came at it from a very angle that he was talking about. He was very much, I mean, he was in the mindset and, and you know, like, when you talk about the comparison of the two two episodes, right? Take 148. Right. We're talking about yeah. like his revitalization. We're talking about his newly embraced youth and and, and fervor and thirst right. for the for the industry and for his brand and where it was going. And it, and by take 237, you know, yeah, it was a little under 100 takes later, but he was very much in the mindset of riding off into the sunset. And at the time it wasn't at the time, it wasn't about the selling of the company. It was about handing it off to his boys. And so it was very reflective. It was very reflective. And we looked back at where he came from and yeah, it was. Yeah. And it was very nostalgic because we talked about like the first account he ever sold the first time he ever saw his cigars on a shelf. And we, I, you know, through discussion and discourse, we got back. We, it was a really beautiful moment because I got him back to that moment. And yes, it's like nothing I've ever seen before. Now, take two one forty eight. This actually asked my next one. My next question was most impactful shows, and these two certainly fall in it. Yeah. Now, before, yeah. Now, I got to add another thing. I was selfish with that second one. Because Alan told the whole story about, like, you asked him about me giving him number one. He told the whole story about that, how I was in the office and everything. Yeah. 100% accurate, by the way, what he said, right. everything he said. So I was kind of selfish with that one, too. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, the most impactful takes, uh, these two rank up there for me. Take 148 was very special to me. I still say it's one of my best interviews I've ever done. Um, it, was, it was a great interview, yeah. It was it was the interview that I always thought that he should have given. And that's how I characterized it. There were questions that there were so many questions in his history, his journey that I felt were never asked and never answered. Yeah. Per- yeah. Partic- they were really good questions. Yeah. Particularly around Prince Otto. Right. So Prince Otto was very important story to the Alec Bradley legacy and the Alec Bradley brand. Right. Yeah. And there was the whole thing about getting number one, and then leaning into production a little too, you know, with a little too much zeal, let's just call it. Yeah. And there were mistakes made. Alan admitted those mistakes. This guy doesn't just fall on the sword. I mean, he completely yeah. impales himself with it. He demands, we- he, he flies up to New York. Walks into Savona's office and demands an interview so that he can explain yep. the blessing and the curse of the number one cigar and the mistakes that he made and owned it. And they gave him that. And Aficionado gave him the interview and fair, and to be fair yeah, with that. Yeah, exactly. And and the the questions that I thought were unanswered was like, you know. I, I'm, I've always been fond of Alan and I've always been fond of the brand. And yes, yes, I'm very well aware of the sign behind me. Um, yeah, this is the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios, but I'm, but I don't, I'd like, I don't think that you had Alec Bradley Lone Star I Studios. I didn't. No, I yeah. didn't. But, then, I, when you but did the first one, 
Um, the second one you did, yeah. The second one I did, yes. The first one was very much like questions that I wanted to ask about because it was very apparent to me. Like again, Alec Bradley is named after his sons. Alec and Bradley. They're named after his sons. Yep. So the question I always wanted to ask is, you know, how much of the the self-impalement, if you will. Why was it important to him, but why was it important for his family? Yes. And how did really his family kind of, feel? This is this is the human side of the cigar industry that Bear brings to the table. That like doesn't come out in interviews that I do or, or other people do. But this is where I, I, I you got to go back and watch that show if you haven't watched it. Or well, both those shows especially. But yeah, I agree yeah. with you hundred percent. You you hit you hit the human side like I never saw you hit the human side before with that interview. And Alan was great. This was this is great. Uh, and I remember both you and I talked the next day, and you're like, "What do you think?" I'm like, "Man, this was one of the greatest interviews I ever heard. It was it was it was unbelievable." Yeah, I I really liked that. There were some more moments. You mentioned Matt Booth. Um, I love talking to Matt. Both, both you got a like, conversation with Matt, which was a. Yeah, and it's both like I love talking to the man personally, like off camera, uh, and I also love talking to him in a show format too. Because I, you know, like to your yeah. to your point, I always, I'm always able to I'm I'm able to rein him in, because I think it's important for Matt to be Matt, and I let him I let him be him. You know, I don't I don't right. try to I don't try to contain the beast, so to speak. But yeah, it, that but Matt is Matt is probably one of the most prolific and interesting figures in this industry. Um, and 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 when that that word gets right. tossed around a lot. You know, interesting, but he's incredibly fascinating because his approach to cigar making and to being a brand owner and this community is is really different. And I don't want to use the U word, yeah, because he is a unique personality. But his approach is very different, and he approaches it very different. He looks at it differently, and he he sees the world through a yeah. lens that nobody. Nobody in this industry does. Nobody looks nope. at cigars nope. the way he does. Nope. Yeah. And I think it's important. The reason why I love having Matt on and the reason why I love having, I challenge myself to have discussions with him because again, I, it's, I, I think it's important to, to, to cast a microscope on that because I think it's very powerful. The other one too was, and I think it's, I think it's the best example that I've ever seen of what we know as a personality or what we see or what we hear and who a person really is. And that was Juan Cancel's last appearance. The Not Juan the, Cancel solo one. Yes. The, yeah. The, the last solo. solo one. Yeah. yeah. It was the last solo one. So last, the last interview I had with him was with Kevin for their anniversary, but the last solo one interview because I didn't I did another one previously. Um, got him to talk about nine eleven. Yeah, and it was like again, uh, you saw a side of wine you never saw in an interview. Yeah, and yep. I think I think that's important. I, I think that's important to understand that these these people are and one and one was yeah, one was grateful for that. He was like. Wow, you're giving me this opportunity to talk yeah. about this here. Yeah. Uh so he was really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think 
what I love about these conversations week in and week out, Coop, is that like it's again, it's very important to me to understand and let people be people. And because again, everyone sees Juan for the 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 the, the crazy and and um the the eccentric and, 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 and Matt certainly falls into this category too. Like they're very, they're very zany people and they're incredible personalities and they're infectious, you know, right. They're very infectious and they're very magnetic personalities. And it's important, I think, to, to, to showcase that, but I think it's also important to, to, to put a microscope again on who they are as people. And that probably leads me into the next one, which is, which is James Brown, take 128 my first interview with him and take 249 which was my second interview with him and those were an important I series down at the media compound though. right right i remember yeah. the it's an important series of discussions so the first one take 128 is a very methodical journey through his life which is incredibly fascinating it's one of my favorite works it's the show that i've told my sister to watch who has no interest in cigars it's the show that right. I've I've pointed to to many people who have n- no interest in cigars, but I, I'm like, dude, you got to hear this guy talk. Like, you have to hear this guy's story. And, I mean, this is a guy who, you know, is a sommelier. He is a guy who went on his honeymoon with his wife, Angela, and decided that, yeah, they wanted to live this life a lot differently and a lot less traditionally than most people 98 percent of the world yep do and they wanted to they wanted to travel and they wanted to go on adventures together and they they drove from england their goal was to get to the cape of good hope in south africa they made it as far as ghana i've heard the story they bought a resort and they lived in ghana their son was born in ghana he he would make dinner for his guests and he would swim, Coop. He would fucking swim out to the fishermen's boats to get the catch of the day. Like, who the fuck does that, man? Like, these are, these are, these are, I mean, there's so many incredible personalities in this industry, but I think, and these are extraordinary stories. Yes. I mean, how many yep. James Browns are there? Not many. Yeah. But my, my point is, is why I love these conversations so much is that everybody has their story and yeah and while the story is important i really want to understand the story behind the story and i think that's why some of these are more impactful than others you know that second interview going back to the emilio thing okay um he told the vision of emilio probably really good in that interview i had not heard it told like that before what he had to do what what you know he told a very good you know, that whole project he took on and what he was trying to do with that really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the second one was interesting too, is, you know, and, and uh, you know, we, we've, we've, we've talked about it. It's been well-documented, probably exhaustingly so, just like how James is not very, James is very quiet. It's not very chatty. And I'm like, no, you don't. Fake news. You, yeah, yeah. They're, I completely. Ask hashtag, the questions that need to be asked. He's yeah, tell you. ask He's the right really questions. Asked. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I ask, mean, I, I've, the right questions. I love James, and I think I think he's absolutely brilliant. He's absolutely a brilliant person. I, I think he's brilliant in business. I think oh, he's brilliant cigars. I, said, I think this, he's incredibly guy, creative. 
when we get to 2033, I'm telling you, we're going to be talking that James Brown is one of the, he's going to be at a legendary status. He is going to be considered a true master blender. Like he is going to be in that category. Mm-hmm. There's no question about it. A thousand percent. I have an impactful show. Yeah, I have an impactful show for you. You didn't. Mean, I don't know if you're going to mention any more, but I have one. Um, when you when you're ready. Yeah, go ahead. So Bear has, and I don't know if you're doing it this year, but Bear, I believe, earlier this year, changed the game for how to reveal a cigar of the year list. Um, in that he enlisted another person to do the show with him and got them the cigars that were on his list. And the person we're talking about is George Brightman. And George Brightman basically ran counterpoint on that show um, with Bear that night. No one had ever done that before. No one had ever done that before. And I hope you do it every year. Yeah, I'm, I'm working with George. It, yeah, I'm working with George to do it again. That's the that's the goal. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because I said, Bear, if you're not gonna do it, I'm gonna grab George to it, right? But but no, I it was without a doubt, it was impactful. I believe it changed the game for how you reveal a list. I, I do. I think it completely was innovative. It came across great. And I have a guy like George who was very honest in that interview. Yeah. Uh there were a couple he didn't like. There was yes. one I know he didn't like that you liked. Yeah, so very honest with that. So uh I thought it was a great I like I said I thought it was a great uh concept and I think it was very impactful and I think we're gonna see this for years to come, how impactful. I'm surprised no one copied you already on this. So Well, it's early. Uh, it's early. Maybe they do it. Yeah. It's early, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I it's also I, a lot of work. It's also yes. a lot of work to do that. So Yeah, and they were so, blind. I send them everything blind. Off to you and, you yes. sent him everything blind. Yes, yeah, so he sent him blind. That was the other thing. So George didn't really know what he was smoking, other than you know he had these blinds. So, so George smoked through ten cigars prior to the show. Prior to that no, show. not all ten. He did some on the show. He so, did a couple on the show, and there was one he actually didn't get to. He did a couple afterwards. on the show. Yeah, yeah. He but he did a lot. He did a yeah. lot of prep. But work, that was still yeah. pretty good. Yeah, he did a lot. He did a lot. Yep, he did a lot. Yep, yep. So uh, he had a lot of background info too. So which was yeah. really good. His favorite was actually yeah, my so that number was a two good. cigar. My number two cigar was his favorite. And and least expensive the, uh, on the list. 10. I want to point. Yeah, the Buffalo 10 Connecticut was his favorite. Yeah. Yeah. And by and also the least expensive. Wanna point that out. Wanna point that out. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it was a great yeah, I think it was very impactful that show. So yeah. uh it really changed a lot of how people deliver these lists and it was something different and you were doing it solo and running a song and Dan did a very good job with it, don't get me wrong, but uh but now you had this other uh you had this guy running counterpoint with this, which was I thought great. Oh, absolutely. I think it was really I think it was an incredible yeah, yeah. yeah. Incredible time. It was yeah. so much fun. George is George oh god, yeah, I I love that man. Um like, no, the uh, and yeah. and he even said self admittedly it was an exploration for him because he even self admitted to it, it changed his it changed his impression of a couple of brands that you know maybe he had looked to favorably yes, in recent did. years and that that was the most surprising to me that he admitted right like I was fully prepared for him to say Bear your number one choice sucks. Right, which he didn't say. He actually liked my right. number one cigar. He just liked my number two better. Um, so, better, like, yes, yeah, and 
that that was that was probably the most surprising and 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 most impactful thing was like he he left yeah, yeah. he left with new opinions and thoughts which was yep. really cool yeah, no, it was. It was really a very honest assessment, and I, I, you, you got that when you listen to that show. You'll, you'll pick all that up. Um, so without a doubt, the best cigar of the year show ever done. So yeah, without a doubt, change the, change the game, change the game, change the game. Yep. Well, Coop, time has come. It's the curveball segment. Curveball. Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust curveball segment. Fastballs or curveballs, it doesn't matter. Since the company's inception, Steve Sock has been knocking them out of the park. Count them up. Count them up. Eight consecutive years in the consensus top three. Congratulations to our good friend Steve Sock. Can he make it number nine? Coop, you and I both say yes. He will be in the consensus. Oh, it's 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 done. It it will be me, Karita Black. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sock. And the question is, what? Yeah, but I think Papa Saka and Saka Khan will be combined according to how Charlie does it. Because he does it by line. Mm-hmm. So he's going to get a lot of... That's what I'm saying. I think it's the favorite to win number one, but it will he will make nine. There's no question about it. Yeah. Here we go. Yep. All right, Coop. Here it is. Coop, a lot of our audience doesn't know this, but for years, you were a very passionate member of the cycling community. You biked. You yeah. were a cyclist. I biked, yes. Yes. And I biked. Uh, um I got away I got away from it my by the time I was in my thirties, but yeah. You're very passionate about you're still very passionate about the sport. Um, yeah. And Yep. So my question is this Coop. If you had kept cycling obviously it wouldn't be called cigar coop. But would Cigar right. Coop be a cycling website? You know, I thought about it. Um, I was talking about boxing and cycling with the two. I did think about it. Uh, yes, there's a very good possibility that that would have happened. Uh, I f- felt like because I do, I, there's a lot I could have brought to the uh, American audience on 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 cycling. Uh, I think I would have focused it more on the grand tours, the big tours. Um, but yeah, I would say it, that would have been a very realistic possibility. Um, actually, you know, when blogs were coming up, right. When the blog started, um, it was really, I got into it, um, at, you know, going to IPCPR in 2010, uh, for almost every year, I've missed the Tour de France since then, uh, with the exception, you know, every year because it's concurrent with the IPCPR. Mm-hmm. And I think that actually got me away from it, is what happened. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, so I think that's what happened with that. But, you know, um, yeah, I, I, maybe it still happens down the road, but I don't know. Well, I mean, it, it could be something that still happens. I'm not planning it, but could happen. Well, here's an interesting question for you, Coop, and something I've wanted to ask you for years. Uh-huh. The photos the photos are the challenging piece. Getting photos would be the tough piece because most yeah. of it's in Europe, and I'd have to get photos. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's a here's a question for you, and this is something I've wanted to ask you for years. You know, Coop, you've, you've 
uh-huh. for over for over a decade now, you've you've represented excellence in cigar journalism, and you've built up yeah. an outstanding, unparalleled reputation of one of integrity and trustworthiness when it comes to news reviews. Um, yep. There aren't many many people in this industry that don't like you. And that's that True. that goes on that goes I mean, there are a few there are there are a few sure they, but they that goes are, without but, but uh, that goes without saying considering the fact how sensitive this industry yeah. tends to be when you're being critical of their yeah. their work right three, so, there's probably three people who don't like me right now yeah um yeah. but this is a and this is a much deeper question which makes it the curveball segment. Okay. How happy are you with the body of work that you've done? I'm happy, but I'm not satisfied right now. If that makes sense. And there are things that... Please please explain. You know, there's... What I'm beginning to discover... I think review-wise, I'm very happy with what we've done. I think podcast content-wise, I'm very happy with what we've done. News-wise, I think I'm going through some changes with how we're covering the news right now. And what I'm really discovering is there were things that I'm covering that really weren't worthy of being covered. And that's why I'm not satisfied that I feel um, there's things I'd much rather cover, and I don't get the opportunity to cover it because uh, I'm embargoed by a competitor, and it's not Half Wheel. Half Wheel's never embargoed me. So that hurts because, you know, Bear, I sit there some days, right, and I get, like, store-exclusive stuff or, you know, just stuff that just is like, you know, why, why am I, do, you know, you know, I've had my issues with the T the TAA was incredibly frustrating there because we did everything possible to cover them and they still wouldn't pay attention to us. They still weren't giving us the information. And I felt very, I felt, I gotta be honest. I felt very hurt with that. I'm like, why am I doing, like and I said, how does this take stock? Why am I doing this? Why am I pulling on these ropes anymore? So uh, the news piece I'm not getting out of news is the answer, but I am changing the way news is being covered right now. It's going to be much, much different um, than in the past. I, these things like store exclusive, which I'm sorry that they're, they're not that they're bad releases. They're not they're not good news releases. TAA, I'm just seeing I get no cooperation. and I get no readership. So I'm moving away from some of these things and trying to focus more on national releases. And if look, if it's going to go to look, if it's going to go to a competitor first. Guess what? I may just have to take the approach. Hey, pr- print the article and hey, go reference so and so who has the article already. I mean, I just may have to do that because I'm not satisfied with sitting there getting a a, a press release on uh, a, a fifty box release. Or I'm sorry again. I go back to the Mike Palmer thing, and and I don't mean to, but there's I've gotten a lot worse press. That's not a terrible press release. I've gotten some really ridiculous ones on this. So. I'm not satisfied with that. The news piece, I feel like we've we've done everything news-wise. Honestly, we've given integrity, right? We've given accuracy. Um, 
but yet we, we're told by everyone, thank you for doing what you do. You're great, right? But yet you're not good enough to get this story timely with everybody else. I, that's, the, that's the part that's incredibly not making me happy right now. But instead, you'll throw me a scrap of a store exclusive because no one else will cover that. You know what I mean? But Which, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say so that that's, that's the problem? I'm being... But wouldn't you say that's why your brand has strengthened over the years, though? Because, I mean, you you for as long as I've known you. Right. And as long as I've worked with you, we're talking about six mm-hmm. years. So, I mean, we're. Yeah. We're on the second half of our. Yeah. You know, of a, of right. a half of a decade. Right. Right. And I've been with you for this time and i've i've seen you agonize over these decisions and i've seen you make some of these painful decisions and but i think that don't you think that that's that's improved the brand and improved your coverage yeah it definitely is strength oh it's definitely strengthened us a lot right um to a degree it really has strengthened us so cutting some the stuff we're cutting out is weaker stuff but we need to be like the, the part that's frustrating is the, the stronger stuff. We're still competing with people who are embargoing us for right. the story. So, so that's that, where the frustration comes in. But yeah, and it, that's fine. Yeah, it has fine. Yeah. Oh, and you know, and here's the thing. Look, we are not cutting and pasting your press releases either. Um, Which look, you know, you're doing things like SEO and all that. You can't do that. Like, you know, everyone just it, you want to cut. and like I see people there. Like so, a press release is the thing, and and people think, oh, it's all about press releases. But press releases can also be a very bad thing because press releases are written with such a spin, right? That, yeah, and I see people cut and paste and put that spin in there, and it's almost like their their words are it's someone else's words that are coming across as their words, right? And I've had this conversation with a few people. I, I know Jay Davis and I have had this conversation, so it it is very very uh you know like. I'll just name an example, like like some of the El Septimo press releases. We just can't cover those because they're not like they're just not our words, you know. So we have to kind of. Right. We, I try to kind of make it very neutral and agnostic is what I need to do. I can't say what you know. I can't. I can't say you're the fastest growing cigar company if you don't have something to show me. The fastest growing cigar company, you know, right? You know what I mean? It's like so. So so we've we've really tried to be very very objective. And look, I'm going to be honest with you. Most of our our news more and more of our news is coming from retailers now like retailers are, are some of my best information to get stories and right. and it's just you know if and it's it's rattled some feathers because like a story gets out before it's the press release or the announcement well you, you you once you give it to the retailer guess what it's public information unless they've signed an nda with you so, so uh to, and we won't uh, we won't use an unauthorized photo yeah to dive into this though real quick like right. played playing devil's advocate. Okay, you've cut some yeah. things. You're planning on cutting more. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're adding. Then, we're going to strengthen it though too. And yes. I, yeah. No. And I understand that. And I know that things are getting added. So there's a constant tweaking in this evolution of yeah. what cigar coupe yeah. is. And I understand that. And I think like yeah. to to the point is is it, it's doing it to strengthen the brand. If all things are created equal, right? You had mm-hmm. the time. You had the wherewithal. You had the information. Right. Do you think Cigar Coop would be a stronger news website if you had the time and the cycles to be able to print this? This yes, thing? yes, yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. We need another person to do news with me too. 
Um, absolutely. So we've, I think with, it's, with limited resources, we, and you've helped me out from time to time as well as some of the other guys on the team. You've been, you know, you've helped me out pulling some stuff in. Uh, and I'm able to massage it. So yes. Um, yeah, I do think so. I do think so. And, and the answer to the question, I am happy, but like I said, I'm not satisfied if that makes sense. It's just, there's yeah. things that are still frustrating me. Out I th- there. Yeah, no, I think those are two things. Like, and yeah, that's, yeah. I think that's it. If I, I, if I wasn't happy, I, I just quit and not do it. Right. Yeah. And I think if you were satisfied too, I think that that would be, yeah. I think that would also yeah. make your vision of yeah. Cigar Coop a lot different. There's a, there's yeah. a, there's yeah. a, I mean, this is not the future of Cigar Coop. Cigar Coop's right. future hasn't right. been dictated yet. No, no. I mean, it, it definitely has not. Um, so it hasn't, um, for sure. And and so we we've had conversations with manufacturers, and some have been very, very uh, helpful. I mean, you know, one of PCA we had this past summer. It was a great conversation, but we didn't we didn't kind of we, we took a very. I think you and I had a conversation with this manufacturer. We took a very professional approach with it. Is how we did it. We explained the issues and stuff. Uh, I've explained to a couple of other manufacturers, and they're like, their their hands are tied. Basically, that's what they said. Some won't do it, um, but they still work with us very well. Don't get me wrong. So, um, you know, uh, then there's other manufacturers that want me to write their marketing material, and I'm not going to do that. So, you know, they, you know, they they get pissed at me, but I'm not going to write that marketing material. Mm. So I don't play. I don't play that game. I can't play that game. Why would I do that? You know, the other thing, Barry, the things you don't see, like, for example, someone will give me an exclusive and then they want to use what I write to send it out to the other media guys. Yeah. And I'm like, look, I know these guys are my friends, but they can't have my words, you know. Yeah. So that's that's the other that's a that's been a very contentious thing with, with a lot of smaller brands in particular. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we've had we've had to say no. And then we just say, hey, if you want to go with someone else and they willing to share that with us, then go do that, you know, because we don't copy and paste stuff. But see, the problem is that there's guys who copy and paste. And and I know Aaron does it, but Aaron's not a new Aaron's not really a news site. He'll tell you that he just kind of does it as a courtesy. So, you know, but yeah, it's a man. So. So, yeah. Yeah. No, but I do agree with you on that. For sure. Well. Fastballs or curveballs, it doesn't matter. Since the company's inception, Steve yeah. Sock has been knocking yeah. them out of the park. Eight consecutive, soon to be nine, according to Coop and I. Years in the consensus top three. Congratulations to our good friend Steve Sock. That was our Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust curveball segment. And this was nice. Yeah. Our 272nd take. Coop, 835. 835. So we have 165 to go. Um, so I think we're about two years away from that. Yeah. I think we're about two, three, probably 2025 is when we'll hit it. Late 2025. Yeah. So we'll have a big 1,000 party, coalition party. Fuck yeah. Let's do sure. it. Man, it's yeah. been, uh, Coop, yeah. it's been so fantastic talking with you as always. This is a really interesting exercise. Thank I you very thought. much for the opportunity. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, there's so much I know we could have covered too. Uh, we went three hours, but I think we could have gone eight or nine with this so easily. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's kind of hard to sum up six years of collaborative work and in just a few short minutes so mm-hmm. um yeah but listen everybody thank you so much for our audience for staying late with us as always you know check out our youtube channel which is ellos for more don't forget to hit the handy dandy subscribe button if you are tuning into us uh, yep. later on podcast whether that be on apple podcast spotify google play podbean or iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts 
be sure you hit the download, subscribe, and review button. If you already are a subscriber, hey, do me a favor, hit unsubscribe, but don't forget to hit resubscribe. That helps my numbers. That's why Coop only comes back on, because my numbers improve. If I start going downhill, he'd say no, because he's a snob. No, no, just no. kidding. That's not true at all. Uh, but yes, it does help my numbers. So I if you are a subscriber... I probably didn't keep talking to him tonight. I probably didn't, <laughs> I didn't yeah, keep talking to him tonight, but okay. <laughs> If you are a subscriber, please unsubscribe, but don't forget to resubscribe. Uh, like I said, that really helps my numbers and everything. But uh, as always, every Sunday night, you can find us here at 9.30 Central, 10.30 Eastern. Uh, broadcasting live from our Facebook page, Hello Supermar. If you're there, go ahead and hit the like button as well. Hit the follow too. You'll get all the updates of upcoming guests as well as other opportunities as well. And of course, when we go live and broadcast our show every Sunday night, 9.30 Central, 10.30 Eastern. This was our 272nd take. Yeah, done 272 of these. Holy shit. 273 coming up next week. Guess who's on the who's on the show? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's Mr. Steve Saka. He will be on my show next week. So excited to have Steve back. Uh, he missed the birthday you show this, this show year. went late. Yeah, he thought the birthday show. If you show, thought this show went late. Yeah, we got some I have to take next Volley Monday off again. Good times, good times. Well, everyone out there, thank you so much for tuning in. We do appreciate it for always. Uh, for everyone out there, like I said, appreciate you. Appreciate the likes, shares, and comments. Keep them coming. I'm Barry Duplissy. He's Will Cooper. Live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. Guess what? This was our 272nd take. We'll see you next time.